Well, they said they weren't coming for your guns, but they're coming for your guns. And for a while now, I've been talking about these articles and things I've read that allude to a second civil war or cold civil war. And one thing I often hear from people is like, Tim, nothing's going to happen in that capacity until they come for your guns. And I was like, bro, Joe Biden's going to come for your guns. Beto O'Rourke said it. Well, today, Joe Biden asserted that constitutional amendments are not absolute, which is technically correct. But he, he said that in order to justify his executive action on gun control, which you cannot do. Now, look, I got to be honest. I think these, these executive orders will get struck down. The Supreme Court's going to throw them out. But the guy's clearly trying to do it. And we're probably going to see red flag legislation from Congress. And a lot of these people, these establishment liberal types, like not even the socialist types, socialist types, they like the guns. But these these run of the mill liberals have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to these laws. And it's going to get bad for everybody. It's going to result in unintended consequences. And what's really happening, in my opinion, is that Joe Biden is throwing red meat to a bunch of regular, like uninitiated, politically ignorant people who have no idea what's going on. These these rules and regulations will do nothing but cause suffering and harm. And uh, we're going to talk about what Joe Biden said, because he pushed several misconceptions about our constitutional rights. He said, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can. He said, back when the Second Amendment, you know, was made, you couldn't buy whatever gun you wanted. That's also incorrect. Privateers were a thing for a long time. And I actually fact checked all that. So we're going to get into it. We got a bunch of other stories, too. Jordan Peterson is embracing the memes about Red Skull. And it's hilarious because the people are now taking Red Skull images, this <laughs> Nazi villain, and putting Jordan Peterson quotes on them. And I think it's fantastic. So we actually have a really great guest who can talk to us about all of these things. We have former Special Forces Jim Hansen, also author. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, I guess the book we're going to talk about tonight, one of them is Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot. And uh, that kind of implies that if need be, we could fire a shot. The goal is to avoid that. And I think the idea now, you said, we're not, we can't have a second civil war until they come for the guns. Well, they are. And they're going to. And they have some high constitutional hurdles is the fortunate thing. Justice Scalia, before he died, did the Republic a massive favor by writing the D.C. versus Heller opinion, which codified an individual right to own a weapon irrespective of any militia service and that that weapon should be in common use and useful for service in a militia. Wow. What kind of gun do you think a foot soldier in the militia would carry these days? I think an AR-15 think so too. is exactly it, and so did Scalia. So, I, I, I've got one correction for you. Hit me. We're in a second civil war. The idea is just that people expect it to be exactly what happened, you know, 100 plus years ago mm -hmm. or whatever. What it's going to look like, it's going to be new weapons, it's going to be new methods, new technology. And the reason I say it this way is it was a Princeton professor who said we're in a cold civil war. Mm -hmm. This was this was published on the Hill. And all these lefties are like, Tim Poole is the one asserting this. Bro, I'm just reading the news. Right. So we're in it. We're in this conflict. And a lot of people, I, I, I'll tell you this. I know we're going to get a little in the weeds. Before, this is supposed to be the intro. But we had Ryan Long on. You know Ryan Long, the comedian? Mm -hmm. yeah. And he was like, so the first thing he does in the intro, he's like, so Tim, where's the civil war? You, you, you had me freaked out. And I was like, on January 6th, a bunch of people stormed into the Capitol. And he went, oh, yeah. <laughs> what about all last <laughs> year? BLM and Antifa right. killed dozens, injured hundreds of cops, caused $2 billion worth of damage, seized government buildings, some of them for weeks on end. In, in Seattle, they had a police station for more than weeks. If that's not an insurrection, I don't know what one is. And I do know what one is. Just Washington, D.C., Mm -hmm. Everything else was ignored by the media. That was that was a protest. Wasn't it Garland who was like, well, it wasn't terrorism because it was at night. Uh. <laughs> Mer Mer Merrick Garland's a disgrace. Here's the thing. We have to have one set of rules. All right. If you want to say that there were some people who went to the Capitol who actually had insurrection in mind, there were. 
it was less than a handful. Yeah. But there were people who did that. The rest of them were glorified trespassers. Well, and, and right. And there's videos of the doors being opened by the cops. We'll get into all that stuff. So uh, you also have a book about white fragility. Was it the myth of white fragility? Yeah. I think? So we've got uh, uh, we got some stories relating to cancel culture, comics, wokeness. We'll get into all that as well. So glad to have you, man. We also got Ian. He's chilling. Yes, Ian from IanCrossland.net. And I think we are not in a civil war. So I think oh. this will be a wonderful debate from all angles. And yeah, I'm very, very excited to hear sure. your your thoughts and feelings on that, Jim, yeah, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. They're fixing the mic over there. Yeah, so I just kept talking strong. louder and slower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just getting louder and louder, slowly accelerating. Uh, yeah, I'm Sarah Petulitz. I'm really excited about this conversation because my boss is so into the whole Civil War thing, and I'm excited for the positivity and optimism. Right on. Well, I before hope. we get started, my friends, make sure you go over to TimCast.com and become a member. Why? We have a bunch of exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. You can see we got we had Brandon Tatum last night and i misspelled his name as Braden tatum Ooh, but it's even better <laughs> just click it figure out who that guy is and we had seamus we had josie uh, uh redhead libertarian michael malice these are conversations you'll only be able to get full podcast episodes in some instances at timcast.com and when you become a member you're helping to support this show in the event that we get banned or purged we'll still have a place to produce content and bring it to you so hopefully it doesn't happen but look at what they're doing with steven crowder so i think it's only a matter of time we got to do what we can to build up our own independent networks and also smash the like button subscribe notification bell if you're listening on itunes or spotify or any podcast platform leave us a good review give us five stars give a good comment and ultimately all of you can just share this show if you really like it because that's the best way to actually help let's jump into this first story we're going to talk about gun control biden says no amendment in the constitution is absolute and calls gun violence a public health crisis and embarrassment as he prepares to sign six executive orders cracking down on firearms there's two things i want to highlight as we start this conversation he says, nothing about, I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. You mean infringes? Yeah, he, he didn't say that word. Oh, boy. These are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute, Biden declared. And then he points to the famous Supreme Court ruling from, I think it's 1919, that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. And that was Schenck uh, as part of the First Amendment's free speech clause, which is wrong because in Brandenburg v. Ohio, I believe it was, mm -hmm. 1969, they ruled, actually, you can yell fire in a crowded theater. Joe Biden has to know, I I'm assuming he knows that, or he's a moron. I'm assuming he knows it because he has legal experts who actually help craft these executive order policies. He wouldn't be saying stupid garbage unless he's trying to mislead people because this is what they do. Or he hadn't had his nap yet, and he might have been a little slow. So that's yeah. that's that's fair point. Absolutely, I would like to point it. Impinge is a word. I know. Yeah, it is a oh, word. Okay. I was saying right he's word. not saying infringe because that's actually what's in the Constitution. Yeah, I see. Right, right, right. He's getting cheeky. The right mm -hmm. to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But yeah, yeah. but impinged. I guess you maybe can, that's it, it, it works. Yeah. I'm just impinged. saying shall be impinged. He didn't want to get too close to actually using the language that would make people go, "Oh, I see what you're doing." Yeah. Check this out. He said, from the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. That's a lie. And from the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. So here's what's going to happen. You, you get these lies over and over again. The first thing I'm going to say, studies have found liberals on Twitter, for the most part, only follow liberals, whereas conservatives follow both conservatives and liberals. It has changed a little bit for the most, for the most part, though, it is still true. Yeah, uh, the other thing we, we see is that liberals get about about 95% of their news from liberal sources. Moderates get 60% of their news. They get about two-thirds from liberal and one-third from conservative, and conservatives are inverted, getting about two-thirds from conservative and one-third from liberal news sources. What this means is that people we call liberals are in bubbles. They don't have any idea what's actually going on outside that bubble. 
And then you get the media telling them lies. So now people are going to hear this over and over and over again. You, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. See, free speech has limits. Okay, well, you're wrong. That's, it, that was overruled in, in, I think, 1969. Then they say you couldn't own any gun you wanted to. USA Today fact-checked this. And a bunch of historians were like, there actually weren't really any laws limiting the right of private cities, private citizens, private citizens in the Revolutionary War era from owning, from owning military-grade weapons, cannons, artillery, grape shot, all that stuff. And then when they talk about, yeah, well, you, you, you muzzle, uh, muzzle-loaded rifles, muskets took a minute to reload. Yes. And they had volley guns since the, since 1339, I think. A volley gun is when they have a bunch of different barrels all loaded and you have one trigger pull, which fires all of them off, which is fully automatic. So Biden is wrong. He is outright denying our constitutional rights in order to justify his executive orders, which violates the constitution. So moving, moving into this bigger conversation, we'll get about talking about guns and about second civil war and all that stuff. A lot of people have said, you know, they, they view second civil war or civil war as like factions marching down the street. I don't think that's what it'll look like. I think it'll be more like insurgency if it does get to the point of violence. But we've already seen Proud Boys and Antifa and right-wing and left-wing groups clash. But more importantly, it's a cold civil war. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the elements of it. Telling you your rights don't exist and then passing executive orders, that's despotic. Trump, tr- the worst thing Trump did was the bump stock ban. Mm-hmm. Because that was, not, now I think the Supreme Court, or I'm sorry, there, one court has ruled, I think it was, what, the ninth district? I could be wrong. That bump stocks are not machine guns. So that right. may actually get overturned. But they complain all day about Donald Trump's executive orders. Well, here's Joe Biden. Well, and here's the thing. When you talk about a, a civil war, okay, shooting in the streets happened already. All right, so we have had that. But Aaron what Danielson? about information warfare, which we are constantly bombarded with? What about the fact that, like you said, the constitutional rights are being trampled upon in a way that if, if the left was actually trying to spark an insurrection, what would they do differently? All right. They're isolating us on social media and shutting our down our right to speech. They're trying to disarm us. They have declared whiteness to be a an evil thing. So they're othering an entire large segment of the population. And they're they're using police powers against us. They're refusing to let the police help people during the riots. They actually had the police called off. What would they do different if they weren't actually trying to turn this into a hot war? Well, so, would you consider what Mao did with the communist uh, cultural revolution uh, a civil war, a Chinese civil war? That, I'd probably more on the purge side from him, you know, because that was that was using police state powers against it. I think we're still empowered enough as conservatives or, or people of the right, whatever you consider yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm a libertarian conservative. Even moderates. Even moderates. Like, we're, we're, I'm not a particularly conservative person. The interesting thing is that I get labeled conservative for simply telling the truth. And not being a statist. So if you're an anti-statist, you automatically get lumped on that side of the political spectrum. This is the craziest thing about it, is that this subject matter you discuss determines whether you're left or right, not your political policies. Because I've had, we had we had Jack Murphy and Michael Mouse in here, and I got into arguments about the wealthy and their ability to influence elections with dumping mm-hmm. massive amounts of money. And I said, I'm, I'm against it. I don't think these people should have this much power, much more traditionally left position. Those... You're not going to see these grifters on social media take those clips of me screaming like these billionaires and millionaires are, inf- are you know, in, in, are manipulating our elections. They don't want to show that because then I'm not right wing anymore and they need me to be. Well, and the, the dividing line is not right or left as much as it is statist or libertarian individualist. If you believe you can best determine what you should be doing as long as you're not hurting other people, then you're on my team. If you believe the state or the solons of the woke left 
know better than you how to live your life and what you should do, then you're on the other team and you're my enemy. And right. I don't mind saying you're my enemy because they're trying to, to push us out of polite society. They're trying to criminalize conservatism or the ideas that they find offensive. And I find that offensive. Right. And but I'll tell you this. Ian brings up a good point about China because, uh, you know, Ian asks about what Mao did. Mm-hmm. You say it's more of a purge. And I thought to myself, you know what? You're right. Maybe it's not a second civil war because conservatives, for the most part, aren't fighting it. Well, but we need to. And that's right. why I, I wrote the book for one reason. And, and, and the problem with the right is that we, we to, oh, eagles don't flock. You know, I'm not going to be part of a movement or do anything. So they can pick us off one by one. So they can do things like let Twitter shut us down. Like the, you guys were looking for my Twitter account tonight. Guess what? You can't find it because they grade me out. They put a sensitive filter so you can't even find me by name because they don't like what I say. I haven't violated their rules. Yeah. Not a single one. Ever. They, they banned uh, Josie, the redheaded libertarian, for literally no reason. Yeah. Little libertarian account. Make, you know, she interacts. She's a friend of ours. And they just deleted her. It's in their terms of service. They can ban anyone for no reason at and any time. And they will. It's a social media credit score. And they're doing that. They're, how they do it, what algorithms they're using to, to actually do it, I don't know. But it's obvious they're doing it because I haven't violated. I haven't gotten a single strike. And yet, my, you don't even see my face. You know, you see grayed out profile picture when you go wow. to my Twitter feed. We're, we're, look, the social credit system is legit. Mm-hmm. They, they might not have a legitimate score or algorithm that calculates it, but we know it's real. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the wrong kind of person with the wrong opinions, and then all of a sudden, you start getting banned from different platforms if you don't break the rules. You start mm-hmm. getting suppressed and shadow banned, and then they ultimately ban you if your opinions are bad. And, and that's why we got to stand up. That's why the, the people who are not status, not totalitarian, unwoke-based, white pillars, whatever we want to be, I don't care. But we got to band together against it and stand up and say no. So how do we prevent a purge and a civil war without firing a shot? The first thing you got to do is stand up and fight because too many people on the right have been complacent. We were focused on other things. It's one of the things I talk about in the book. The right thought that if we just focus on foreign policy and national security and business and then the, the Constitution will keep us safe, they can't take that away, can they? And we found out we were wrong. Well, define fight. Fight in the figurative term. And let me give you, how about, let's but, do a disclaimer. But I, I mean, like, uh, sorry, I, I, I didn't think you meant literally go physically fight people. Yeah. Just like, what would a person have to do to be engaged in this, this cultural battle? Yeah, but first, let me, let's give the disclaimer so that when people come after you, they don't blame you for my book. <laughs> Neither Tim nor I want a civil war or an insurrection, and this is in no way be considered to be a call for anything like that, not a dog whistle or anything else, you losers. Now, figuratively... How we can fight is by banding together and standing up. And we have to actually change our focus. We never used to do that. Did conservatives go to to PTA meetings? You know, did we get involved in state and local politics? No, we didn't think we had to. We thought that the Constitution, the First Amendment, Second Amendment were sacrosanct. They're not. They're, They're coming for us. So if they're coming for us, we have to play the same game. And like Andrew Breitbart said, war. These people are evil. They are. I look. I I I grew up with this very pragmatic, you know, very middle of the road view. I, I was pretty far left when I was younger, and I always had this 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 view where it's like there's no real good or evil. Everyone's the hero of their own story. And now, as I'm older, you start to really see it and experience it. It's an it's an interesting thing. You hear a lot from people about how when they get older, they start to become they, they start to believe more in a higher power, more faith based, especially when they have kids. I'm not I'm not getting religious. I'm just saying. Man, you really start to understand what evil is. Mm-hmm. Once you get older, you get involved in politics, you see what these people do. 
the, the, the number one example that really just like was when I, when I heard this one thing, that's when my heart sank and I was like, wow, I have been too nice to people. It was when AOC referred to the child detention centers as influx facilities with controversial records. She spends what during the Trump administration concentration camp over and over and over again. Trump shut down the homestead facility. Mm-hmm. Biden reopened it. And AOC, who had called it a concentration camp today, says influx facility with controversial record. And I was like, wow. So that what, what, is what's evil. she gonna wear? Is she gonna wear black this time? Is it versus the white outfit? She gotta have a different outfit <laughs> because it's a different administration. Understand the simplest thing which you just outlined. Everybody they will say whatever they have to because they're just after power. They want power to tell everyone what to do because they don't believe people make the decisions that they believe need to be made. And they think it's a question of good and evil. Like you said, they think they are the forces of good stopping evil from destroying the planet. You know, it's not just that you don't believe in climate change. You're killing the planet. I'm not convinced of that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced they actually want to. I don't think they have a, a, a moralistic goal. They just want power for the sake of power. They want to be able to tell you to shut up and do as you're told because we're the boss now. I've seen it. I've been on the ground with these activists. You, 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 you can see it. And, and, and you, you brought up something about, you know, the statist versus the libertarian. I think that really is a good point because you take a look at the conservative never Trumpers or mm-hmm. if you, you can call them, even if you can call them conservative, I don't, I don't even know. They're Democrats now. Yeah. They're on board. With Jennifer Rubin for the Washington Post. She's now attacking the media for asking Biden questions. Yeah. She's gone full authoritarian statist. And that's opportunist. You know, they're opportunists who followed the money and they followed the status quo that allowed them to keep their influence. And, you know, they didn't care. Their principles mattered less than their access to power. And I think it's exactly the, the correct answer. Principles, lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have any to begin with. I truly, and, and we learned that. I think the good and evil thing is so dangerous. It's so subjective how you're raised, what you think is right and what you think is wrong. And, and to, to establish public policy based on what you feel is so dangerous. Like, I think Biden thinks he's doing good and protecting people by doing this. Stuff. How, how would you define evil, Ian? Exactly. Um, ripping someone's heart out. And, and, and about, lifting it up in front of a crowd of people. But 600 years ago in, in Mexico, in the Aztec culture, that was no problem. That was but good. But that was evil. Why, yeah, can't, why yeah. can't we say that was evil? Yeah. Hurting For them, innocent it was good. people is evil. Yeah. All but, right? like, it doesn't matter what they simple, think. That, this, this and define the, innocent. Innocent is someone who has done no harm to someone else. You know, if you've got some, if you well, want to get the simple nuanced. Thing, okay, but it's not very nuanced. You know, if you've got a, a thing where you say, I am going to actively be violent against someone else based on my beliefs, then you're evil. If you, Period. if you believe, if a, if a person says to your face, Ian, concentration camps are here and, and they're right there in Florida and then come out and tell you, okay, so first let me ask you, Ian, do you think concentration camps are evil? <sighs> That's a that's a big question. I don't man. think it, I don't think it's a hard question because I don't think you'll find a single human, a single human who's going to agree when China denies what's going on with the Uyghur Muslims. They actively go, no, that's not happening here. They're lying. It's not true. You know why? If they thought it was good, they'd say we absolutely do this. But they know it's wrong, so they lie about it because everyone thinks well, it's like wrong. World War II, they established concentration camps for Japanese Americans that's because right. they were afraid Those they were. Term- a concentration camp implies that you're killing people. Interesting. So an internment right. camp would an be different. An internment camp, is, that's, a, that's a different form of a prison camp. It was wrong, and it's a different well, kind, and it was actually evil, I believe. Yeah, for, I for, that for, was a piece for, of evil. For the sake of this argument, let's just say, okay, fine. We absolutely did. That was wrong. 
We, 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 but, we paid reparations for it. And even people look back and they, conservatives look back and they say that was evil. That was wrong. And, and even liberals look back and say that was evil. That was wrong. So yes, many people, many cultures have done evil things. And then later on, as we improve, we say that was evil. There, you know, so when I, when I, when I look at evil, I look at someone telling you that concentration camps are evil. And then a year later, once they've attained power, they say ours are justified. When AOC was screaming that Donald Trump's power was illegitimate and we were like, oh, okay. It turns out all she really cared about was she wanted her party to have it. And once the Democrats came in, once they wanted not Joe Biden's president, they're just influx facilities. And you know what AOC said? One solution would be to get them appropriate licenses. So you mean to tell me that this was evil, but now you entirely support it. Now that your guy's in charge. Are they going to outsource it and have now private prisons for the immigrant yeah. children? Well, they, right? they, they want to shut down the, the actual private prisons, but we'll open new private prisons because we have to have a nice place for our, our influx of children. So so this, <laughs> this is the easiest one. You know why? AOC herself referred to it as evil. Now she's supporting it. Well, she she would be supporting it with some caveats. Okay. If you tell me it's evil, then you come out and say, can we get some approval from the government for these things? We just need a license. I'm like, oh, okay. So you enjoy being evil. That's evil. Yeah. You know, justifying it, something legally doesn't necessarily make it good. You know, bombing a city because those people are planning to destroy your country. That's self-defense. All right. Now let's, let's differentiate. You've got well, that's good tough. and evil, right? Then when you get into self-defense, all right, how far forward can you go? Right. I, I think that person's going to hurt me. So I shot him in the head. Mm. Well, okay. You have to have a legitimate threat. That you can stand up, but then you're responsible for the consequences of your actions. And you can be judged, even if you think your intentions are good, you can be judged based on the outcome of what you did. And you should be. And we hold people accountable. That's why we can now say internment camps for Japanese in World War II were evil. That was an evil thing the United States did. Slavery, evil thing the United States did. Not letting women vote, evil thing the United States did. What's the one thing about all those? We said they were wrong. We changed them. And now we can look back and say we're making progress towards being less evil every day. And that's the goal. You, can't, you can never get to good. Good's way too subjective. But evil, I think, is easy. And all you need to do is look at their own words. When they say, this is wrong, we must fight it. And we go, okay, we agree. Let's get you into office so that you can fight it. And they go, no, nah, we'll keep it. Actually, I got a good question for you, Ian. Was uh, Isildur, was he wrong? Isildur, yeah. the one ring? Yeah, from- when, when Alron said, destroy it, cast it into the fire, and he went, no. His soul was corrupted by the power? Corrupted by the power. Yeah. Would you evil? call it evil? Not to him. It, it doesn't matter what he thinks. Well, we it's all very watched subjective. Him. It depends we, on who it, you no, ask. No, listen. I got to watch it from the outside. That's right. And everyone in Middle Earth knew, and Alron said it could have ended that day, and it should have. But as soon as he had the ring in his hand, he says, ha <laughs> ha. No way. And he walked out of Mount Doom and he kept that ring and then it made everything worse. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. When libertarian individuals, libertarian right or libertarian left, look at the one ring. I'm using that as a metaphor, mind you. And we say, destroy it. No one should have that power. We mean it. But along comes AOC, a.k.a. Gollum, going, me wants it. And then when she takes the ring, she goes, no, it's mine. And then she runs out and she keeps it. The only reason I can't go 100% with you on that (laughs) is the ring, as he said, did corrupt their soul. So that was not literally a determination. Like AOC did it of free will. 
All right, Isildur did not have free will because of the influence <laughs> of the ring. AOC's got no ring to blame. She's just got wokeness to blame. When Boromir tried to take the ring from Frodo, mm-hmm. Aragorn kneeled before Frodo and closed his hand. He made the choice. Mm-hmm. The ring could corrupt you, but some people had the power to resist. And Galadriel also resisted. Yes. That's right. But she was, you know, elf. And that's strength of character. So there you've got strong people and weak people just as you do now. And so you've got people who like power, like AOC, more than they like being good. The, the Lord of the Rings really is a great metaphor. The ring of wow. power. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I do use it a lot because it, you, you, it's, it's, it's brilliant writing. Genius. It's a brilliant metaphor or, or, you know, allegory for how these po- political systems work. Everyone fights because the power is evil, but mm-hmm. the moment they're holding it and they realize, I could do so much with this. It's like in, in the Fellowship of the Ring when Boromir is like, it is a gift. Mm-hmm. Let us use the weapon against our enemies. You can't wield it. No one can. And that's exactly what ends up happening. You get people like AOC who says this stuff about concentration camps. You get these other Democrats who are like, now that I'm in power, I'll do it right. So you know what happens? This is why communism doesn't work. One of the reasons, just one, it's because these idealistic revolutionaries think the ends justify the means. We must use violence, they say. Because we have to overthrow the evil oppressors. Then once they're in power, they still say, but we're at threat from the evil oppressors. A good example, the Berlin Wall was called the anti-fascist protection rampart. The Soviet Union, one of the the second most powerful militaristic bloc on the planet, was acting like they were at threat from the fascists. So they built the Berlin Wall and they killed people who dared cross it. That's evil. We can see that. You know, there are real challenges to being a good person. That's why I always talk about how the libertarian spectrum is harder to be on than the authoritarian. And the libertarian left is damn near impossible for those that are libertarian left. True libertarian left. Because libertarian leftists are trying to convince people through goodwill. At least the the libertarian right has money. And they can talk about trade and persuasion. But it's very difficult because the authoritarians will lie, cheat, and steal and take everything you have. And so what happens now is, as you pointed out, eagles don't flock. Good people of good conscience who say, I want you to be free, I want you to be happy and pursue happiness and not be constrained by authoritarianism and those who would manipulate you to steal from you. Well, the other people don't do that. The the establishment doesn't do that. They're the ones saying the world is going to end unless we intervene and tell them what to do and we take over. And And it works. And their intentions are good. Their intentions are good, but they understand human nature doesn't allow people to do what they want. So in order to get them to do what they want, the, the new wokeness, which is the brand since socialism's busted and communism's busted, liberalism's busted, progressivism's busted. So wokeness says we must do this because the people who oppose it are killing the planet. You know, it's not just that you don't want black people to succeed. You want to destroy the black community. You're actually a threat. It's not just that your speech is something I don't want to hear. It's violence that's hurting people. So we have to shut you up. It sounds, and that's what they want. It sounds like the Communist Chinese Party is woke. Like that's totally. their. That's where it came from. They're no well, longer they're, communists. No, our people are communists. That's what it actually is, is our people stole Marx and the Soviet Union and the Stasi and the CCP's plans. And they built wokeness out of that. They just got better marketing. That's all they got. They got American style PR. That's the only difference. They are communist totalitarians. That's a powerful weapon. Oh, I love the projection of it all. I love the projection of it all. You know, they, they, if, if anyone in this country has any similarities to the Nazi party, it's the identitarian left. You can actually, you can actually look at the things they preach. They're pro-segregation. I saw this on Reddit today. It was in, it was, I think it was in Wholesome Memes is one of the subreddits where the memes are, you know, you know, you know wholesome. <laughs> and it was Martin Luther King Jr. looking angry 
and it said judging people on the color of their skin. Then it showed him smiling and it said judging people on the content of their character. All the comments were like, could you imagine someone who disagreed with this? And I was like, wow, have you taken a look at the U.S. military? Have you taken a look at the Pentagon? Have you taken a look at schools lately? The New York City schools want to do, a, uh, I'm sorry, Sacramento District want to do racial affinity groups where they segregate everybody based on race. Sorry, that these people don't support Dr. King's dream. Their idea, their ideology is fascistic. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it fascism because it's not the same thing. It's authoritarianism and it adopted many of the tenets of fa- from fascism. And David Graeber, who was a very famous activist anthrop- uh, anthropologist, he was an anarchist. He didn't like being called that apparently, but he pointed this out on Twitter a few years ago. The late David Graeber, you know. He was one of the voices behind Occupy Wall Street, and he tweeted a few years ago that elements of the left have begun adopting fascistic strategies and tactics. They believe there is no truth but power. That's exactly it. This is why the narrative changes and there's no rules. To these people in the establishment and the woke left, there there is no truth but power. That means they will lie to you and tell you insane things. It's exactly why we saw we saw so many prominent Black Lives Matter activists smear like insulting and uh, you know saying slurs against Asian people for years. Now that the anti-Asian hate thing has become a big movement, now they're now all of a sudden they flip flopped, but now they're getting canceled for it. The well, rules don't matter. It's projection. That's the best thing about the left is whenever you see them saying something about the right, it's projection of what they feel inside. So they literally do have racist tendencies. They do have you know, tendencies against uh, Asians. They have fascistic tendencies. And they call us Nazis, me being a person of the right, they call us Nazis because they want that kind of power. I don't want that kind of power. You know, I'm not saying I know better than you how you should live your life. I'm saying you should have the right to live your life as long as you're not harming other people. They say you are harming the planet and all of its inhabitants with your ideas and beliefs. I must stop you from doing it. Therefore, I need the power, as you said. But a lot of these people know that the average person views what they're doing as wrong. So they have to lie about it. Mm. it that's why I, I mentioned this meme where, you know, Dr. King is saying, judge people based on the content of their character, because most people agree with that. Mm. In order to instill racist, Nazi-like ideology, they have to use clever semantic games like anti-racist. Mm. Are you anti-racist? It's not enough to not be racist. You must be anti-racist. And then you ask them what anti-racism means. And you know what Ibram X. Kennedy says? It means you must discriminate against people on the basis of race. I'm pretty sure Dr. King said not to do that. Oh, but they don't care. They don't actually believe him. This is the one thing that really gets these people. Whenever I'm talking to a woke person, I'll ask them. The first thing I will ask them is, do you believe in Dr. King's dream? I've actually now started hearing them say no. It's in it's in my other book, The Myth of White Fragility, taking down Robin DiAngelo's disgraceful book. She says in there that Dr. King's dream of colorblindness is a problem. So does Kendi. You know, they say that you can't have a colorblind society because there is so much systemic racism and institutional injustice that you have to actively be an anti-racist and be racist. So it's essentially building a new Jim Crow. All right. They want a new Jim Crow. And it's not about voting laws. It's about who gets to be the upper side now. So they want to flip things because white people were bad before. We need to now elevate black people and people of color and go ahead and make that the actual legitimate power balance. I don't think they actually care about white people. I think they just want power and they found a path to get it. And it doesn't matter which race they trample on. That's why they ragged on Asians for Mm, so long. Interesting. We're a good target, you know, because we were oppressors. You know, they've got that. You can't take that away. There was oppression. There was slavery. There was women couldn't vote. All those things are true. Bald white guys in bad wigs wrote a bunch of crazy stuff, right? But we also fixed it. Right. And we gave those powers up. 
you look at how they actually claimed Asians were more privileged for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I think the issue where they, where they go after whiteness is that it's an easy way to go to someone and say all of your problems come from someone else. Right. It's demagoguery. Mm-hmm. They accuse Trump of doing the exact same thing when Trump did to a certain degree, but not nearly as much as they do. When they say whiteness over and over again and privilege and all that stuff, they're basically just telling people the reason you failed is not your fault. It's that guy over there. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I saw this great meme from a leftist on Facebook. It was it said it's, it's one of those Twitter memes where it says uh, employees, colon, we need better wages and, and health care, health care because we're suffering and dying. And then it says capital, colon, no. And then it says woke capital, no, hashtag BLM, rainbow flag, heart. <laughs> and I, I got I to say, I love that meme. Well, I certainly don't agree with their view on capitalism, mm. at least they're starting to notice the corporatist establishment is not going to give the leftists what they want. They're just going to put a rainbow flag up and say, now you can't be mad at us. Well, and I, what I love most, though, is they they needed an enemy. All right. And like you said, OK, it's not so much. Maybe they don't actually believe that white people are a problem. I think they do. But they made whiteness evil. They turned they, they turned it into an ideology that doesn't exist. Whiteness didn't exist for me. I've been white for a long time. All right. I didn't have a, a methodology towards my whiteness. I didn't wake up and say, okay, 9 to 9.30, I'm going to oppress black people. You know, <laughs> right. 9.45, I'll switch to trans people. No, I was busy living my life. But they othered us. They used their own methodology. And now they've got someone to go against and they've got something to, they've got spoils. Because what they did is they take their identity groups, right? And they create a grievance and they take that grievance to someone who has something they want and they use their power. They aggregate power by delivering the spoils to their identity group. The problem is they've run into the circular firing squad problem. Yep. They can't rectify among their identity groups the problems they have because you've got black people beating up Asians. You know, you've got a lot of and issues Jews. and Jews. And you've got problems between these groups that are, are not just cognitive dissonance. They're ideological dissonance. And they can't rectify that. You remember what happened in the UK when the Muslims were protesting the uh, LGBT curriculums in schools? Right. It was really weird because you'd have these woke people come out and start arguing with Muslims. And you'd have like women in like full niqab. And then you'd have a man screaming in the face of a woke person who's confused. And there was one video where the guy's like, I'm here to help you. I'm on your side. I'm here to help you. And they're like, no, you're not. The, 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 the Muslim guy's like, this is degeneracy and you're wrong. And I'm like. I wonder if these people who truly believe their insane psychobabble have ever actually spoken with a religious conservative person. I don't mean a Christian. I mean, when they come out, they, 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 you know, I had a friend who has that, a picture of a woman in a hijab and it says something like hope or something like, you know, hope underneath it. And I'm like, it's really fascinating that you are propping up religious conservatism. And like, because Islam is substantially more traditional than even modern Christianity. It's in totalitarian the if, you, if it's implemented the way, you know, the, the Salafists do. And that's the fun part. There's this perfect circular firing squad right there is you've got people who hate gays and want to hang them from cranes arguing with a gay dude who's telling them that they're oppressed and arguing about a curriculum that they don't want in their school. There's no way you could square that circle. And that's that's how we beat them. But that's how we beat them. The issue is I don't think I think the circular firing squad matters to a certain degree. You right now we've got this like school board member in, in California they're demanding she resign because she said a bunch of disparaging things about Asian right. people. But at the time, they were allowed to do that. It was part of their ideology to disparage Asians. Now that they can't do that, they're coming for, you know, circular firing squad, firing squad. But this person said, I'm not quitting. I don't care. And how long until they just move on to the next stupid nonsense and start claiming that, 
you know, uh, who knows what the next thing's going to be? Just some some ridiculous form of oppression that a minority group will have. It's like, oh, you know, people with uh, uh, with long fingernails that you know they just grow too long, so you know, they're oppressed. People who eat too much, they're oppressed. We know that. Here's where I think it might bite them: is they they invented this several generations of entitled grievance mongers. I call them right who are who've been told that they're it's not your fault; it's those people's fault. Now they work at places like Google. You familiar with Timnit Gaburu? No. The, she was the head of Google's artificial intelligence ethics team. Oh, yeah. She's a black woman. She built a team of the purple-haired freakazoid robots and all her best friends, right? They wanted to, to publish a paper. The problem was it went through Google's review board, and they said, first of all, the science is kind of garbage. <laughs> Second of all, you're trashing our company. You know, and third of all, this is basically just woke grievances, right? Fix it. Or we're not going to let you put it out under our name. And they launched it. Anyhow. <laughs> and oh. then Google fired her. Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden, it's not because she violated both scientific principles, academic principles, and company policy. It's because she's black. And now right. she's got thousands of Google employees who are backing her play because she's been told, you're not wrong. You're just being oppressed. Right? If you're black at Google, then and you don't get everything you want, you have a right to demand that they, they meet your, your grievances. James Damore was an excellent example of how insane the ideology is. So uh, you're familiar with James Damore, oh, yeah. I imagine? Ian, are you yeah. yeah. So for those that aren't familiar, he wrote a letter about ways to improve the workplace between men and women. And it was based on scientific research. And he was like sharing it with people. And then a bunch of feminists got really offended by it. And then he ended up losing his job. There was a lawsuit. I think they settled. The funny thing is, James Damore's document was actually based upon modern feminist theory. It said things like workplaces were designed by men for men and that we need to change things to better suit women. According to a study, women prefer social social experiments, uh, experiences more so than like top down and, and isolated work environments. If men prefer X and women prefer Y, the workplace must be some combination of the two to accommodate for women. The women said, how dare you imply women are inherently one way or another? We are angry. You should be fired. To reiterate how insane that is, he was literally saying that Google's work environment was built by patriarchy and that he needed, they needed to accommodate the, fem- the, the, the woman better. And so they got mad and demanded he lose his job. The women did. The women did. Isn't that amazing? He's, he's basically agreeing with everything they've been saying. But you can't accommodate them. That's the thing. You can't accommodate them. And what they figured out is all they need is a disparity of outcome. All right. You say we have a disparity. There are too few black engineers, you know, with freckles working at Google. Therefore, there that's a racist systemic issue that they have to deal with. And then they jump right from there instead of looking at outcomes and say, well, maybe there aren't a lot of black freckled people who get into the tech field. Maybe that's why there aren't as many at Google. They're like, no, 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 no. It's racist. Right. So they skip the step of the scientific process that says you identify a disparate outcome and then you look at potential causes, identify the ones that correlate the best. They jump straight from that to systemic racism. But the problem is that eliminates any look at root causes and you can never fix it. So that's where equity comes in. Right? So one uh, really great example of the corruption, mm-hmm. colleges, now majority female. Yeah. Many, many colleges, I should say, are majority female. So, okay, so, so men are now the minority in colleges. Do we now start abolishing all of the women's programs, women's scholarships, nope. and creating men's ones? I don't think so, So no. you think the majority should get privileged money and access and resources? <laughs> what are you, a bigot? Shouldn't the minorities be the one who get help because they're in the minority? 
Well, that would be like dudes in college at this point because it's mostly women. And here's the thing that changed in my lifetime. When I was in elementary school, that was when they started that stuff. And they said there aren't enough women going to college. There aren't enough. So they literally inside of several decades managed to flip that on its head. Now, the question is, what do we want? Do we want equality of outcome? Right. Do we want to make sure that every group in society is equally represented in every outcome that we can come up with? Because that's what wokeness demands. And it can't be met because humans right. humans don't work that way. So what we have to figure out is how do we get back to equality of opportunity? Because that's all you can do. And that's that's where I think our side needs to look at it and say, we can see the disparate outcome. I agree with you. There's too many black people in prison. I don't want them in prison, except most of them committed crimes. So how do we stop well, them committing crimes? Not how do we get them out of prison? Well, there, there's, there's interesting arguments about that. Uh, questions about whether or not, based on race, they'll get harsher sentences for the same crime, which there are, there are stats that show. And so the issue I see, there's real instances of racism. There's real instances of bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, historical racism has created a ripple effect throughout history in, t- in today's modern generation. And an honest person, like I think you'd hear this from Tucker Carlson, of course there's racism. We'd mm-hmm. like to solve these problems, but these people are hustlers. They're grifters. Yeah. They're ma- manipulators. They, they tell the privileged elites they're oppressed. They would claim to you that Oprah Winfrey or Serena Williams are oppressed. Meanwhile, a homeless veteran sleeping under a gutter who happens to be white is the oppressor. That's the insanity of their ideology. Honest people say, yeah, you know, racism is a problem. I think we've actually done a lot in this country to do away with it. We've passed many new laws. There's been new Supreme Court rulings. We've done a tremendous job ending these things. But there are remnants of these historical policies and actions in private and public affairs. Redlining and blockbusting, very serious consequences for for uh, for various people. Well, the, the the people on the left manipulate the goodwill of regular people who don't want racism, and they lie to them and tell them they can't advance. Exactly. We've done a lot of legal good uh, to combat racism in the United States. Mm-hmm. Emotional is like an up and down, back and forth situation. And when we let the media tell us that we're different because of the colors of our skins, that kind of is damaging or undoing a lot of the good we can do to unify humans in our culture. But I do agree that legally the United States has done a lot of positive things to bypass and break through the racist curtain. And wokeness is resegregating. That's the problem. Identity politics is resegregation. And they're, they're breaking people out and saying, no, your skin color actually is more important than the content of your character. And so we're going to put you in this block and you will vote with these people and you will identify with these people and you will get spoils from us because you're one of these people. And that's the most destructive thing to what is a, a republic of equals I can even imagine is to say that, no, the intangible characteristics matter more than your character. That, that offends me more than anything else they do. And I think we can call out racism. We can call out these problems and say we want to fix them and we want to help. But we have to do it by saying, yes, the content of your character matters more than the color of your skin. Let's talk about where this leads to as not only the result of this ideology, but one of the tactics in the ideology. And we got the story from Newsweek, which I find absolutely sad. It's sad and funny. Police prepare... For another hot summer of violent street clashes as U.S. reopens. Really? Nothing's even happened yet. What, 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 what COVID is going to cause this? What the getting people getting back from COVID is going to cause riots? I don't think that's what it no, is. No, I think what they're saying <laughs> is that regardless, the, the police are getting prepared because even though there's been no police brutality, even though there's been no major breaking story, the cops know 
That doesn't matter. Right. You, you'll get a video of a, a you know, it'll, I'll, I'll, you, I'll give you an example. There's a cop playing basketball with the local kids and they're all laughing. One of the kids happens to be black and the cop, he, 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 he's, you know, he's going up to, sh- to, you know, do a jump shot. He jump shots and then he bumps into one of the kids. The kid falls over and then everyone shows a clip of a cop bumping into a kid and knocking him <laughs> over and they're like, police brutality. I'm exaggerating, obviously. But the point I'm making is you'll get something out of context. You'll get some hip hop, some, some hearsay, some random rumor. And then all of a sudden, here we go again. You know what else that article is saying is our company, Newsweek, is flailing and losing money and we're desperate for clicks. So here's some rage bait crap. (laughs) Well, and here's the funny thing, though. The cops are getting ready. I'll tell you what the cops are getting ready to do. They're loading their stuff to get out of the way for the riots because their civilian leaders are not going to let them stop those riots. And like you said, they got the most recent incident. Cop shoots a, a kid who had a gun. Doesn't matter that the kid had a gun. You know, he was 15. He had a gun. He got shot. The cops are supposed to shoot that kid when he points a gun at him. Let's talk. They're about, not supposed to take a bullet. Let's talk about those two girls in D.C. Yeah. who carjacked that guy, right? Yeah. Carjacked him, committing a felony, killed him. They're not going to get jail time. No. Kyle Rittenhouse, defending a local business, chased and attacked by a violent rioter, a violent rioters, fires in self-defense and immediately runs to get police assistance. He's in jail. Dude, those girls carjacked that guy and then hit the gas and murdered him, threw him out of his car and murdered him. No jail time. At one level, 13 and 15, I'm like, they're not adults. You know, I'm I'm hesitant to to elevate that. But it also sends a message that, oh, keep carjacking. Now, Rittenhouse will get off. I I have looked at that. I'm actually writing a piece that I'm going to give to the defense justifying why that is self-defense by every legitimate legal standard. But why did he get charged with first-degree murder? I'll tell you why. Because Black Lives Matter intimidated the civilian leaders through violence into changing their policy and charging with that. Now, what's that? That's domestic terrorism. It is. We have have no real leaders. We have no real leaders. No one is immune to... belligerence like I mean I just keep thinking of Nazi Germany man they thought they were they were a democracy up until that point the German people and violent coercion can happen at any time to any group of people so we have to be we have to be aware of that we have to be cognizant that that can take hold man and that's there's no leaders bro they're there's no leader leader, I know where, 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 where was the prosecutor from Wisconsin to walk out and say I'm not charging him with a crime have a nice day the same place Bye-bye. the ones in, in Minneapolis were or any place else. Because, and, but here's the dangerous thing. Black Lives Matter has now been told that violence to intimidate public policy works. So they committed terrorist acts. Those were used to change policy. And now they were rewarded with hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and the policies they want. So we're in a situation where there are now two rules. All right. We had an afternoon of violence at the Capitol. And that was the greatest insurrection and biggest threat to the republic in the history of Earth. And we had an entire year plus of insurrection by the left. And it's like, meh. You know, because they... Uh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, 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 no. Those were peaceful protests. Right. Mostly. Mostly. Fiery, but peaceful. 93%. That's, that's one of the best chirons ever. <laughs> and, and no. Fiery, but mostly peaceful yeah. protests. <laughs> but the threat of violence doesn't even have to be violence now. Now here's where they won. They committed the violence, and they will again because, hey, I mean, somebody needs flat screen. You know, we got <laughs> flat screens are in, in high demand. But whatever justification they use to start the riots, those will happen. The police will not stop them again. And again, people now, Kyle Rittenhouse was literally acting as a member of the militia, not the militia by name, that Kenosha Guard or whatever it was. But the in the Second Amendment, 
it is expected that in the absence of government authority to keep people safe, they have the right and the ability to protect themselves, themselves and their property. So he went and protected property at the invitation of the owners. And with, and, with, with a, with, and he did not bring a gun across state lines. No. He, was, he friend gave him a gun. Okay. And the issues about should he have had the gun, he's 17. Okay. Those are legitimate. Deal with those. But that's administrative. Right. The right of people in the absence of the police. The police were stood down and pulled back and people's businesses and livelihoods and lives were threatened. They have a right to have weapons and to protect themselves. That's well, what the militia is. Here's another question. Does the Second Amendment say the uh, a well-regulated militia be necessary for you know free free uh, free and state the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, comma unless of course you are under the age of eighteen, you have a mental illness, you are a felon. It doesn't actually say any of those things. No. Now I understand there's interpretations in you know from the Supreme Court, but I wonder which of those would actually stand in the long run because you know back then what a fifteen-year-old was an adult. Yeah, they could have guns. And I think Biden, as much as he is a doddering fool and an idiot and said some dumb things today, of course, no amendment is absolute. All right. There, there are no actual absolutes in politics. It's not possible to have an absolute in politics. But what you can say is under the interpretations and the standing law and precedent right now, the things he's doing are unconstitutional as per Heller versus D.C. or D.C. versus Heller. You know what I would do if I was in Congress? I would create the 2 plus 2 equals 4 bill, and it would simply say Congress asserts that 2 plus 2 equals 4. That's it. Are you going to vote on it or not? Because they tried saying the woke people 2 plus 2 could equal 5. I yeah. would, I would probably true. filibuster that because in base 3 math, there is no numeral 4. You only have 0, 1, 2, and it's, it's always the geek. It's always the, They got yeah, you. I'm the nerd. But this is, this is exactly the, the, the uh, constructivist ideology. That I can change the definition in order to make you wrong, as opposed to admitting what we know is two plus two equals four. You can change the context, but now you're arguing something totally different. It would be like if we were playing baseball and I said, if I hit this ball a hundred feet and it goes over that fence, it's a home run. You'd go, well, some fences are at 75 feet. Some are at 150 feet. I'm like, I didn't ask that. I'm talking about this fence right here. So what they're doing is they're going, well, 2 plus 2 could equal 5, because what if we're saying 2.4 plus 2.4, which is 4.8, which rounded up is 5? Well, you didn't say 2.4, did you? Based, so, so the point if is... If you said in base 10, why would in I have base to? 5 or above, 2 plus 2 equals 4, I cannot deny that. What average person is thinking in anything other than base 10 right now? Probably none of them, None of them. So this Maybe is the constructivist ideology, to change the definition, to manipulate the results. Look at so, the best one they did. All right, they changed the definition of racism. Right. So that you have to be a, in a position of power in order to be a racist, so that black people and other people of color and, and other identity groups that are, are preferred victim groups cannot be racist. Yep. That's garbage. You know, once you do that, it's the same as, as saying, okay, now men, women, male, female. Okay, those words, male, female, still I think are XXXY, right? Not anymore. But I, I changed okay, it. Did they? And so, man, so man, woman means nothing. Regular people in this country will say male and female are specific. They, they, they relate specifically to the gametes, mm -hmm. you know, sperm or egg. In woke nomenclature, male and female are arbitrary concepts that don't mean anything. Right. And they say, they've said this for years now. In a debate with Jordan Peterson, there was one uh, university employee historian of medicine who said that biological sex is not a real thing, yeah. which is just absolutely untrue. They're doing these things. That's why I was like, right now you have an opportunity to pass a bill that says two plus two equals four. You'll probably get some opposition. No joke. You will. 
but th- that's the, good thing. So, so we can, excuse me, we can stand up and say, okay, that's BS. You know, and that's the problem is for too long, they've been unopposed and they've been doing that. They've been changing definitions and people were like, I'm busy. I got to get my kids to soccer practice. Right. Well, you can no longer get your kids to soccer practice in this country if they're going to do what they're doing. You have to spend some of your time fighting back against wokeness or we will no longer have a republic where your kids are allowed to play soccer. The racist thing, I can't, I can't wrap my head around. It's like some debates I can have. Two plus two equals four. Okay. There's multiple bases of mathematics. Four doesn't exist in all of them. The racist thing to say that just because a class or or a group of people are are prejudiced against that it's impossible for them to be racist against other other types is in that I I can't I can't come to terms with. But that's what they want, and that's I mean it's all 1984. All right, Orwell did this, you know, back long ago. The idea is to tell you what truth is and confuse you so you can't oppose it because they want power, and you get power. By forcing people to accept your version of the truth. That's why they say, let me give you my truth. Right. No. And rest in power. Yeah, no. There is no your truth. You have your opinion. Right. It's not your truth. There is truth. There is falsehood. There is good. There is evil. There are absolutes in philosophical ideas like that. There are not absolutes in politics. And what they want to do is flip that on its head and give you their absolutes in politics, which is that black people can't be racist and expect you not to go, no, flag on the play. You I'm know, sorry. Have you seen the Winnie the Pooh meme where it's like a regular Winnie the Pooh, then it says a word, then, then it says him, him wearing a monocle, then him wearing a suit. There's one where it's regular Winnie the Pooh and it says my opinion. Then it's him with a monocle and like a mustache and it says anecdotal evidence. And then the bottom one is him in a tuxedo and it says my lived experience. but okay there you are you know as long as you can say it is how i feel because it's all about the feels you know the left lives on emotion all right and and wokeness is all about trying to create a society where people can't be judged as good bad or indifferent and they can't be offended they have a right to be free from offense which conflicts with the first amendment which was designed so i can offend Uh, i'm sorry it conflicts with reality (laughs) okay there you go like I, I get offended by the woodpecker who keeps banging on the tree outside. What am I going to do about it? Sometimes right. things exist. Yeah. I get offended by the rain. How dare you rain? I'm trying <laughs> to skateboard right here. What do you, some things you can't do anything about. Well, you can get but, a BB gun and take care of that woodpecker. Well, you <laughs> Unless it's a no, red cockaded woodpecker, in which case dead, you can't because right. it's protected. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the idea is you could be sitting in your own home, sitting there with your gut hanging out, drinking a beer and eating your fifth slice of pizza, and Amy Schumer comes on and you go, ugh. She's nasty. And then they, 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 they find out and they freak out and they get mad. How dare you say that? You, you're fat phobic. Also, like if two people are hanging out and one person feels offense, who, who did the offending? Was it, was this person offended or did this person offend mm. or, or did, did this person receive it or, or create? You can't. We got no like it's not chicken, how I feel about how you act. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can't yeah, say. Good. I sense. feel this, so you made me feel it. It's no, no, no. Right. I made myself feel this way based on my surroundings that I. But the way I perceive teaches that you should look for offense. I mean, yes. they literally teach. That's why the grievance is so important. The grievance is the basis for wokeness because you need the grievance to create a need for spoils and reparation. So are they, is this, this like proactive defense thing? Like I think they're going to harm me in the future. So I'm going to, I'm going to come out hard and strong and no, 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 no. Bomb the country ahead of time. Power. So I'm going to manipulate people to get power. It's that simple. Right now, a lot, a lot of people, you ever see fight club? 
Yeah. You see yeah, I was just watching clips from that. Remember, remember that line from Edward Norton where he's like, a lot, most people will do everything in their power to avoid getting into a fight? Yeah, the woke people figured that out. Mm-hmm. So they go into your workplace, and you're sitting there typing away on your computer like, I just want to get my job done. And they go, <clears throat> excuse me. Dude, that's terror. Did you have a turkey sandwich? Yeah. Turkey is racist because the pilgrims used turkey as a symbol of their colonial colonization when wow. they killed the Native Americans. You can't be eating turkey today because it's Indigenous Day. And then, you know what people do? I'm, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I don't want to get into a fight. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. Can I just go home now? That's, that's, that's like low-key terrorism. Mm-hmm. It's literal Without terrorism. Without a doubt. It's, it's information warfare against you. And the only answer to it is to not care. Right. I mean, that's that's my favorite thing. When I wrote Myth of White Fragility, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to get called a racist. <laughs> <laughs> and after the 65,000th time, <laughs> I, it didn't bother me to start with, right? Because I know I'm not. But the idea now that everyone needs to be able to stand up and say, no, you can call me that. But it doesn't change my lived reality, right? Which is that I'm not. And so I'm going to stand up and say, shut up. It could be in a jerk. You know, I got work to do. First of all, get out of here. And second of all, I'm having another turkey sandwich. It's, it's amazing <laughs> to me how many people try to convince these woke people that they're not actually racist. I'm like, bro, they know you're not racist. They yeah, don't care. They like don't. I, I tweeted something. On, this is funny on Twitter, right? So I had this big rant on a couple different nights about campaign finance and how I really, really think it's wrong that billionaires can dump hundreds of millions of dollars to, for instance, ban gun rights. I, I say that one because it should resonate with people who want Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. When you get Tom Steyer and Bloomberg spending you know, 500 million bucks to convince people guns should be banned by lying about what an assault weapon is, even though it's, that doesn't even really define anything, that makes me angry. The same is true for any billionaire. I don't care what they're pushing. I don't like the idea that someone's going to spend money, go into your district, and then tell all your neighbors to vote against their own rights. I got a problem with that. So we get this thing where uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she raises $3.2 million in her first quarter. <laughs> AOC only raised 768 k So Marjorie Taylor Greene has raised nearly five times as much as AOC did in her first quarter. And so I, cl- I quote tweeted and I just put ha 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 ha. I'm laughing. You know, Google. I'm laughing because they, they like to talk about the millionaires and the billionaires. And I've been complaining about external donations into districts to manipulate politics. I was laughing about Marjorie Taylor Greene because it shows the media's smears backfired and campaign finance, which they don't care about AOC, is now propping up someone they don't like. Mm-hmm. But these people don't. Un- th- th- so what, what happens is they tweet at me like, See, you clearly support Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm like, bro, I'm not going to argue with you because you're an idiot. I know you're, you have no idea what you're talking about. It's just tribalism where they pretend. They pretend where they're like, are you actually going to defend Marjorie Taylor Greene? And I was like, what about ha 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 is defending anybody? Like, please explain that to me. The best part about that was where you showed the part where Google translated it from yeah. Tagalog. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the translation was. I think ha, your ha, AI ha, needs ha, some work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't even a translation. That was the best it, part. Yeah. So Google nothing. offered to translate it for me, and I, <laughs> you, I. You're saying don't bother defending yourself against it. I think that's a great statement because I mean, if an alligator wants to fight you underwater, it's going to drag you underwater. You're going to lose that fight. Exactly. You got to make them go on land. So one thing I always look out for when people actually try and debate you, a common tactic of. Dim-witted or mid-witted individuals is to force you to fight underwater. It's a good, good, good analogy, Ian. And so what'll happen is they'll—it's Mont and Bailey. They'll say, "I think X," and you'll go, "Well, X is this," and they'll go, "Well, actually, but why?" And like, ah, we're not talking about why. I don't care. Never let them redirect. Someone will like. Uh, so there's, there's a guy I know who like tweets at me, and he quote tweets me, and he'll say something like, "Tim Pool did X." I'll respond with, "Actually, I did Y." And then he'll change the subject, change the subject, and be like, "Yeah, well, don't you remember when you did Z?" And I'll be like. When it comes to why, I just totally disregard any attempt at derailing and dragging me underwater. 
I won't even mention it. They want to derail you. And there's literally no reason to talk about something you don't want to talk about. So don't fight. Don't fight an alligator underwater. And if someone as says, a, as a quote from Ian, do you think A or B, you don't have to say A or B. You can say whatever you want. Your answer can be anything. You yeah. do not have to answer questions the way people want you to. Like Ian, what color is the sky? Doesn't matter. <laughs> so wait, we do, we've you. got free will. We can literally do what we want. We don't have to do what they say. Oh, yeah. That's, that's true. That's a great way to fight woke. But people are scared. I know. And that's the problem. All right, and they should be scared. Because they're very good at hurting you, all right? They're attacking your livelihood. You know, they'll attack you at, at your family. They'll attack you at your work. They can get you fired, all right? That hurts regular people in a real way. That's why we have to band together. Now, we don't have to form, you know, support groups and have safe spaces for people on the right to say, oh, the wokeness is, is making me feel bad. We just have to do what you did. It's tell them, I'm not going to play your game. I don't even say a, it. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't go. care. Don't even acknowledge the game. I think I, at some level you have to with this, but you can do you can stop them from the redirect. You can say, no, 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 I'm just talking about what you just did. You said I'm a racist for eating turkey. That's garbage. And if you want to go anywhere from there, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna indulge you. But I don't believe eating turkey is racist. Neither do you. You're a jerk for bringing it up. You want you want to know what I would do? I'd show up the next day with turkey sandwiches for the entire office. Exactly. Yes, exactly. we 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 had we had Vosh on the show. Do you know who Vosh is? Yeah, yeah. And I had some, you know, right personalities say, like, I can't believe you would invite this person on your show. And so my response is, I'm going to book him again. It's like, dude, I don't, I don't play that game. You're not scared of a different opinion. You're not scared of people who disagree with you. You don't feel they have to be isolated and pushed out and, and quarantined. I, I think if we, 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 we need to talk to people. Did you get different a vaccine? Opinions. Did you get a vaccine? <laughs> How'd that work, man? How'd you get that? I'm stunned. How, how could you have people with different opinions on your show? I lived in Madison, Wisconsin. All right, which is one of the reddest cities on earth. I was introduced by everyone who knew me there as this is Jim, my conservative friend. Because <laughs> I was the only one they knew, right? Yet we managed to coexist. All right, we managed to disagree. We managed to say that, hey, okay, you have, because what I do with them is I say, look, I think we have the same goal. I think we both want people to be safe and prosperous and live their lives and, and not be killed by things. All right. But I think we have different methods that we think will achieve that. And I think mine are more effective. And here's why I think yours are less effective. And if in the end we don't agree, we go our separate ways, we vote, and we continue to live as Americans. The problem with wokeism is you can't do that because they think if you don't follow their way, you are actually literally causing harm. And they, they have actually a religious duty to them to stop you. We do have good news, though. There is a phrase I'm sure most of you have uh, have heard. Get woke. Go broke. Oh, yeah. Check this story out from Bounding into Comics. New rumor claims that Falcon and the Winter Soldier viewers turned off the show after Black Lives Matter messaging. Um, before right. we even get into this, I'm just going to say, I believe it. I, so there was, there, was this, there was this meme. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a meme. It was some data that was posted on Reddit where it was like uh, critic reviews versus audience review disparities. So, so it was like a data Reddit. And you can see where uh, movies where the critics said it was bad, but the audience said it was good, and movies where the critics said it was good and the audience said it was bad. Captain Marvel was one of them. Captain Marvel is rotten, according to the audience, but fresh, according to the, the <laughs> critics. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So here's the story. They say this. Uh, for those that are familiar, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is one of those new shows on Disney+. Plus. They say a relatively new rumor claims that viewers of the recently released Falcon and the Winter Soldier turned it off after the show featured Black Lives Matter messaging. They say... Overlord DVD claims that a source communicated to him that the tune-out timestamp 
For the second episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier revealed viewers stopped watching the show before the episode ended. As explained by Overlord DVD, Tots is logged, Tots is uh, timestamp, what is it, uh, tune out timestamp, is logged on Disney Plus whenever a viewer stops watching a particular movie or television episode. It's useful to the bean counters at Disney Plus to note when they lose a particular viewer because this can give them valuable data about how the show is doing and what the viewer thinks about. It goes on to state, the source claims that around 5 p.m. on Saturday across the board, the timeout tune, the, the, the timeout tune stamp, is that, wait, the tune out timestamp, they got it backwards. Yeah, yeah. For the second episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier went crazy with people turning off the show in droves all around the same part of the show within seconds. That part of the show, apparently they show this image where the cops pull up to Sam and Bucky. Now Bucky's a white dude, Sam's a black dude. And the cops are like, is there a problem, sir? To the, to Bucky, who's white. And he's like, no, he's my friend. And they're like, are, are you all right? What's he doing? And then he's like, don't you know who this is? And they're like, what? That's the Falcon. And they go, oh, I'm so sorry. I saw that. I was just like, dude, come on, man. That's subtle, though. That was really subtle. It's subtle. Nuanced, that was yes. subtle. Yeah. I'm missing this. Who's the Falcon? The Falcon? Yeah. Are you, are you, well, not, not, not in the broads. No, I don't know who the Falcon is in the broads. <laughs> but is kidding. the Falcon the white guy or the black guy? Black guy. Was, black okay. Guy. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, have reverence for this guy. And everyone was the like, The cops oh. pulled up and they saw a white guy and a black guy arguing and then asked the white guy if he was all right and if he needed help because of this black guy. Because he fit the profile. Man. Oh. He was a superhero. And people oh, had it. And then Bucky is like, don't you know who that is? He's like, that's the Falcon. And then the cop goes like, oh, geez, I didn't realize. They were doing this, you know, yeah, very kind of over the head a little bit. And that's the problem. They can't keep it out of the culture. I mean, Breitbart said the greatest thing, you know, politics is downstream from culture. All right. That's what they do is they inject those things into the culture yep. and they expect people not to notice. Here's the problem. They are so unsubtle these days. Trump made them so crazy that they ripped the masks off and they stopped being subtle. And now they're just beating you over the head about it. Wow. And people don't like that. Trump was the artistic Trojan horse. He got in there and just caused the entertainment industry to go haywire. Or the yeah. giant stink bomb let off in the yeah, room or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But he, he made them so angry they stopped being good at their PR game. Check this out. They're going to say, the source says, quote, my jaw hit the floor. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. All the turnout was at the cop scene where it clearly shows they were ready to pull their guns on a black guy arguing with a white guy. It's clear this was the message. He goes on a state. So in other words, Disney felt like sticking a Black Lives Matter message smack dab in the middle of Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two. And what do you know? Apparently fans who are sick to death of bad news and tragic headlines decided they had enough and turned the episode off. Overlord DVD claims, according to his source, over the course of Friday and Saturday, a full 79.9% of people that were tuning in stopped watching at that point in the story. The number would apparently increase over the next few days as well. According to this source, over the next few days, the average went up to 83.49% overall. That means 83.49% of viewers turned off the episode at almost exactly the same woke point. He adds, the source claims there were also a lot of subsequent cancellations happening in real time. Maybe it's not a real source. Maybe it's not good information. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's rumor. It's rumor. It makes me feel good. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Nothing else. And here's the nice thing. We can play information warfare. Yeah, that's actually definitive. I heard a guy say that too. Mm-hmm. There I, is a, no a, doubt. A Disney guy is now in my ear right now telling me that that's fact. That, that oh, like, um, that like, uh, what would you call it? Enhances my love for humanity. My belief that humanity is, is yes. awake, aware, and wise. If that's real. The get well, go broke stuff? Yeah, the people just Look, have no time for this junk. I was just watching Family Guy earlier, and it's one of the older episodes where uh, Joe, who's the cop, you guys know Family Guy. 
he pulls up and then, you know, Peter's sitting on the couch and he hears on a megaphone, it's the police, you know, come out with your hands up or something. Peter goes outside and he sees Cleveland, Quagmire and Joe in a SWAT van. And he's like, wow, what's this? And then Joe's like, come on, we're going for a beer run in this new police van. The next scene, it shows them in the police van. And then Joe goes, the van is equipped with the latest police technology. He says, Peter, stand in the circle. Peter walks into a circle and then all of a sudden arms come down. It goes, you are under arrest. And then it grabs his hands and cuffs him. You have the right to remain silent. And then Peter goes, wow, cool. And then Cleveland goes, let me try. Cleveland, of course, being the black character. And Joe goes, Cleveland, no, wait, don't. And then two arms come down with batons and start beating him going, minority (laughs) suspect found. And then when Quagmire falls to the ground, they go, oh, no, he has a gun. And then it lowers a gun. That was really funny. It was it's an old family guy joke. That's one way to incorporate these ideas in humor that most people would laugh about because it's not asserting necessarily as a truth. It's not like a scene in an action drama mm-hmm. where the cops are going after a superhero. But, oh, no, because they're racist. It was making a joke about racism while being very, very subtle and funny about it. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Did you guys yes. see that movie? Yeah. Oh, I was just yeah. watching the interview with him and Rogan last night again, and he was talking about it and, and how it's still – he hasn't been – you know, because – that that movie was making fun of the actors that would play that character of blackface. He wasn't playing blackface. He was playing a white guy that was in right. blackface. And it was very obvious that how, how ridiculous it, it can be. And that's what Family Guy does in a lot of ways. And it's smart. So Crowder does it's in a lot of ways. They cancel him for it. They try to cancel him for it. But if they, if they got back to that, like it's when Jon Stewart started doing the news. And he became essentially CNN for the left. And when he was doing the Daily Show... He would play clown nose on, clown nose off. It was never off, right? It was all clown nose. Yeah. And because of that, he inserted so much leftist propaganda and viewpoints that he could never get in and get people to listen to in a straight news shot. But John Stewart was honest. He was. John Stewart praised Project Veritas on more than one mm-hmm. occasion. They wouldn't do that today. They yeah. wouldn't. Because John Stewart recognized he had his opinion. Well, I'll put it this way. John Stewart was a guy who has his opinions, who were liberal, he had liberal opinions. But he was an honest guy about his opinions. Uh, that's why I thought The Daily Show was awesome with him. So when Project Veritas did the whole acorn sting, he was like, journalists, where are you? This dude's pulling off major journalism. What's going on? And he shows James O'Keefe and the pimp out and all that stuff. And then later on, he also praised him you know, in another, in, in another circumstance. Imagine Don Lemon and Brian Stelter being like, these conservative journalists are doing a great job. That was never going to happen. No. And they've gone past. They've gone over the top in their own beliefs and it's it's partly because now they're so angry they can't see that it's not working and it is working all right it's working for a large segment of the population who doesn't have the time to break through the haze but now you've got alternative sources of information like what we're doing right here and other places for now for now but so what you're building you're building subscription it's brilliant it's a brilliant idea to tell people hey they're coming for all of us and point out they're coming for you too all right, whoever you are out there right now, they're coming for you in some way, shape, or form. Get on board and fight back because that's what we're doing. And this is important too because I'm, I'm, this is going to be a shout out for TimCast.com, but it's also an important point about what you can do and what we're doing. So we set up Tim, TimCast.com initially just like, okay, we need a place to put content in the event we get banned because Facebook actually put a restriction on my, my, my page and now that page is basically defunct. So we start TimCast.com. We're going to do bonus segments for everybody. We got a bunch of new members, and I said, "Okay, let's build an even better website. Let's let's streamline it, upgrade the gra- upgrade the graphics, and make it look better." And then I was like, "We need to actually make culture." Mm-hmm. So I got a script. I, I got I'm sorry, not a script. I got a treatment, a proposal for a show sent to me by a comedian. We want to make a sitcom. I said, "Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's make a sitcom." 
Maybe maybe we'll try and get it on a, a mainstream streaming service, or maybe I'll just put it on TimCast.com because I'll tell you, I want to create a website where we just do comedy specials, we do sitcoms, we do drama, we do movies, we do video games. We just start building the culture mm-hmm. that's been taken over by the woke. Vice, man. Yeah. I, when I, I remember why I, wanted to, why I wanted to go to Vice, why I talked to them and I said, I'd like to work here because they were edgy. They were regular people. They were crazy. At yeah, the yeah I love absolutely. Them. <laughs> but they'd, they'd, they'd go, you know, look, you had Ryan Duffy's bulletproof clothing. He goes down to meet this crazy guy who's like, I make clothes that are bulletproof and they actually shoot. He's wearing this trench coat, super heavy and thick and, you know, bulletproof. Those were fun and exciting stories where some regular guy who was off the cuff, kind of punk rock, sex, drugs, and rock and roll were going on these adventures. Now it's woke, mm-hmm. ultra woke. It's as establishment as it comes. It's boring mainstream corporate garbage. We need to bring back fun, exciting, and, you know, we need to bring back punk rock, man. I think it's the brilliant. I love when we claim now that conservatism is punk rock. You know, now Weirdly, that being, being a lot of it is being, but let's just make it anti-woke because everybody gets hung up on right. things. I don't want to be conservative. I'm not a Republican. You know, okay. Neither am I, but I am anti-woke. All right. right. I'm based. Whatever yeah. you want to call it. Well, I'm the left uses based as well. Yeah. I'm shooting white <laughs> pills, whatever, whatever you want to characterize it as. We're punk rock. We are now the rebels. We're the anti-establishment. So weird, isn't it? We it's, have, it's bad. I love <laughs> it. Last man. night we had Brandon Tatum on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, officer Brandon Tatum is no longer a uh, police officer. And we were talking about running away from a fight. And it, he was saying where he grew up, you were thought of as a punk if you would turn and run. And he kept saying punk. And it crossed my mind a couple of times that like, yo, punk rock. It is punk to run away from a fight. That's punk rock. No, 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 no. That's not what he was saying. He was saying you were getting punked. Like yeah, he was pranked. using the same word, punk. And it's like that word it's has... synonym, bro. Sometimes that word has negative connotations. But in reality, it's cool to be punk. You, it's cool to turn and run and avoid a fight. Like, no, that's no. punk rock, dude. A physical fight that's you can my choose point. to avoid. Yeah. A, 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 a battle of ideas and a culture war you need to No, well, like run. you said, you don't play to their level, man. You, you stay punk. You stay on your level. No, because yeah, if you do that, if you I, don't I fight definitely back think now, that analogy is missing missing out. What we're doing is literally fighting back as hard as we can. Well, like you said, if someone's like, "Well, what about Z?" You just keep talking about why. But that's still fighting. You're right. just not letting them dictate the time of the fight. Right, that's I'm not punk gonna, rock. I'm going to violate okay. your rules. That I'm punk. You know, I'm not going to fight the alligator underwater like you said, mm-hmm. Ian. Yeah. I'm not. I'm going to stand on land and be like, "You want to go? I'm up here on the, on the drag beach." Drag the chicken up the bank, and when the alligator gets out there, I'll beat him to death with a yeah. baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what we're going to do. But so, I'm still going to fight it punk, because he's evil, and I want him done, and he's I'm, trying to I'm, shut us down. I'm or talking starve about, him out or something. Yeah, there's other sure, ways to win a war. I'm talking about punk rock in the sense of fighting the establishment. And telling the the, the 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 nerds, the boring people, the authoritarians, the NPCs to buzz off. We're going to do our thing. We're going to make fun, exciting content. Young people are going to want to be a part of it. They're going to be inspired by it, by the talent, by the by the enterprise, and they're going to look to these woke, boring teachers who tell them what they can or can't do, and they're going to be like, "I choose freedom." So, no laugh track. Just no, do, definitely. No, no. Yeah, okay, good. Have a live audience. Good. Just have have enough of an audience. No, no, it's it's we're like it's going to be small. it's going to like I mean maybe we could do a laugh track on purpose for no, something. No, this is to, it, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We're 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 it's going to be a modern modern show. It's going to be That should be the name of it too. Modern yeah, show. The modern no. comedy show. I don't know. No, 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 there's a pitch <laughs> for it. It's, it's already it's someone else's project. It's already got oh, a name, nice. already got an outline. And so I'm asking I'm being asked to fund it. And I was like, I'll buy the show, you make it, and we'll put it on timcast.com for Whoa. members only. I'm interested Jim and to hear your your tactics to win this, to preempt this civil war, because I think of it as a long-term game with the Chinese, you know, an 80-year plan to subvert our culture by mm-hmm. feeding things to our children. So I'm kind of thinking in that same 
realm. Like, yeah. I don't want to go head at it because that's what they want me to do. They want me to come straight at them so they can ban me for some stuff. You have to do some of that. But first of all, I'll say one, one of the first things you should do, make comedy shows. Yes. Right. Make our culture popular. Because right now, they're the, the authoritarian jerks that nobody likes. We're the cool kids. So let's be the cool kids. Let's make good movies. Ben Shapiro's people, The Daily Wire, that run, hide, shoot movie was a good, it was a great movie. And not a great movie by conservatives. It was a great action flick. And that chick was a, can I say bad? Yeah, you can say that. I can say badass. I don't want to get you thrown off. She was a badass. It was a great movie. I was on the edge of my seat. Infidel by Dinesh D'Souza. Yes. Another great movie. Not fiction. a great fiction? movie by a conservative. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and it, was a, it was an action flick. You know, Jim Caviezel in a, in a prison oh, yeah. getting rescued. Oh, cool. Oh, Wife movie, comes yeah. in with a helicopter. It was badass. Your comedy show, I guarantee, is going to be badass because you wouldn't make it otherwise. You wouldn't got, be doing it some, if it wasn't going to be. Some of these comics, I'm just like, oh, these guys, they, they push it so hard. <laughs> Good. Right. that's punk George rock. Carlin. That's yeah, punk yeah. rock. George Carlin got arrested for his bit, The Seven Words You Can't Say on TV. Yeah. He got arrested for that. Amazing. They don't do that today, but they'll I ban you in a straight school life. to go see George Carlin. <laughs> wow. Literally, man. I had because we that's had to travel punk. far enough to do it. That was punk rock. Yeah, yeah. But that's just it. That's the first thing you do is create things that aren't woke but are cool, all right? Because that's the thing. The right has always been uptight. Well, what's uptight is statists telling you how to live your life. So what's the antidote to that? Liberty-loving people who are, are cool and having a good time. You want to know something crazy? This is this, this, this is this kind of this kind of pisses me off. Uh, so a lot of pe- most people know I've been skateboarding for several decades, and uh, I've I, I know a bunch of pro skateboarders, and they won't they, they don't want to come they don't want to come and film segments they don't want to come and skate the ramp okay. they're scared you know why? Skateboarding is mainstream culture. Yeah. It is corporate, and it is while not the biggest industry in the world and not the wealthiest and not the most mainstream. During the Olympics, baby. They got big brand yeah. sponsors. They do big multi-million dollar events. So I'm like, I'm talking to this guy and they're like, man, I love your show. I love what you do. And I was like, you want to come film a segment? They're like, dude, I, I just, we can't get a target on us. I get, I get all, I get the other, the, the other action sports, I guess you call it. We have one dude who is like, I'm a, you know, BMX rider. I want to come and film a segment. I'm like, okay, looks like we're going to do BMX. This guy, this guy made this YouTube video. I want to come and, and do some tail whips in your park. And I'm like, let's make it happen. Then we're going to put up videos on the website. These ones will be free and we'll share like, here's a dude. You know, we're, we, we, what I want to do with, this, with the space we have, because we have something we call the grind bar. We set up the skate park in the, in the garage. It's big. And you can actually ollie up onto a ledge and then ollie onto the bar, which jump up onto. Okay, I should just say jump because it could be any sport. But you can grind across the bar itself. So we're going to film these challenges and we're going to have fun and be punk rock and play music. And I got to say, it's hard to get the skateboarders to do it because their sponsors are big mainstream corporations. Okay. The smaller, less popular action sports no offense to inline skaters or to BMXers, they're, they're, they don't got nearly as many followers or big sponsors. So they're like, dude, I'm totally down. When I was young, I used to always want, I chased the people that had already made it. Because I was like, if I can get those people to join me, then it's going to be big. And then I realized, nah, man, I'm just going to make it. And all the people that want to make it with me are going to be the people that in the future have made it. Yeah. Build, build our culture. You know, and, and don't rely on other people to do it because you can't. You can rely on them trying to kill it. So assume that you have a target on you already and build mechanisms to get your message out and get your entertainment out and get your views out that they can't take away from you, like your own website. Which That's I the other thing, too. I hope it's hosted on a boat somewhere in the North Atlantic so that Amazon <laughs> can't shut you down. 
Well, so that's the other thing too, is we're talking about creating this open source project to create a uh, subscription based service that anyone could have on their own website. Yes. Beautiful. People so, contact me on Twitter, direct message. If you want to get involved with that, it's very cool. We're setting up a chat room right now through the matrix protocol. Um, it's going to be an open source project. Yeah. And so the idea is you got a website. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is install the simple open source package and then people can become members to your site, but all the sites network with each other. So basically we create a decentralized network of independent websites. That's exactly how the Soviet Union went down. They just did it with paper. Sam is not, <laughs> right? That was people passing information back amongst themselves underneath the web of the statist masters. Yep. Now, the other thing you talked about, the long war, the long war is education. All right, we're dead unless we have an alternative way to make sure our kids don't get taught that America's evil, that freedom is bad, you know, and that they have to believe the woke Bible. So you got to work on that, you know, and that's, that's a, a long-term project. That's a generational war. They've been at it for several generations. That's why we've got the problems we do. So you got to do that. You got to stand up for free speech. All right? So you got to do three things. You got to get the education, your free speech, and you have to have popular culture. Right? Which is the things they took away from us. I used to think internet video alone would be enough to educate people that they would the information's there, so they will find it. But now I'm finding it's guided. You know, people are guided towards, especially with algor- social media yeah. algorithms, people are being guided towards specific types of information. And but, but yet, you can set up your own. For, for schools, though, I, I, I do wonder how many of these kids in schools are hearing their teacher say, you want to be a woke anti-racist. And these students are going, wow, I want to be just like teacher. I can't imagine there's a lot of kids who are like that. Like That's not, the other thing 9%. people are not paying attention to is, is the pendulum swings back and forth that you rebel against authority. Who's the authority now? The statist authoritarians. Right. What what do kids hate more than anything? Being told what they have to do. Right? So yep. we're going to see that. That's, That's what we need to take advantage of. That's available. Is it's the, what's, what's past Gen Z? Millennial? Gen double Z? Gen ZZ? I don't know. Yeah. Hey, incidentally, I'm staking a claim. Gen A1? I am, <laughs> no, I am the lead dog of Gen X. All right? Oh, nice. The people claim it's 1965. It's October 1964 because I am the first member of Gen X. <laughs> and my crew's in power now. And we invented all the sports that are now lame. You know, all the skydiving and skateboard flips. That are now crazy lame? Stuff that are now lamely corporate. Oh, the, right. The sports yeah. aren't lame. No, but, but the, the corporatism of them is. But we invented that because we rebelled this, against I, w- I was thinking about how crazy this is, though, because I was, I, was, uh, I was listening to Tony Hawk talk about being a skateboarder and how hard it was. In the 80s, you were a loser. Yeah. You were weirdos mm-hmm. doing this thing. Nobody was. You're supposed to play football or basketball or baseball. But those now, were cool sports. now it's the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's Red Bull and these big corporations. Yep. Even even a lot of snowboarding too. It's just it's surprising to me how boring it's become. For real, because it's not dangerous anymore. Because it's become corporatized. Yeah. Right? and that's good. And now, now that those people are scared, let's pick other ones. Pick a new sport. You know, there's some crazy thing. Pick airsoft. You know, you know it, I saw your guns in the basement. Your airsoft, airsoft. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting because there was uh, there are some pros who are like some people will always complain about the changing culture of everything, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people who say skateboarding was better back in the day, and you know to them I would say it just changed, and for kids who are growing up in today are going to be very happy with skateboarding, and, and that's true. I'm just talking about towing the line. I'm talking mm-hmm. about pros who used to be like. I'm going to go skate this bank where you literally you can get arrested for being on mm-hmm. private property. Now it's a lot of park. Now you've got like the Olympics uh, are, are, are coming up. And so there's this big competition. Anyone in the United States apparently can enter by submitting a 45 second run in a you, you don't, it doesn't have to be in a park, but it needs to incorporate park terrain. Basically, this means everyone's going to be in a skate park skating. 
Whereas skateboarding for a, for the longest time was being out in the streets and conquering terrain, urban terrain. It was almost urban exploration in a sense. Yeah. But that was vandalism. You know, it was it was punk rock. You were going out. You were telling the security guards to f off. I'm not a fan of that, by the way. You're supposed to leave and then come back later. You don't you know fight with people, because uh, people get hurt. But you'd like put wax on a ledge in front of a building. It, long term, it would scuff it up and discolor it. But they didn't care. It wasn't your property. They didn't care. It was punk rock. It was edgy. It was disrespectful in a lot of ways. It's there's still a bit of that street skating culture, but it's become very corporate. And it's like, yeah, it's not really interesting to be another cog in the giant machine. I just I, I think it's it's time to create new ideas, new cultures, new concepts. Maybe airsoft is, is the thing we should be filming a lot of. Video gaming is one that used to be so nerdy and uncool. Yeah. Like in the eighties, I was the they called me Nintendo Crossland in elementary <laughs> school, and I was like the dork. But like now, people are multi millionaire superstars, gaming giant. You know, I mean, it's it's one of the biggest industries in the world, mm. and I think it's just going to get cooler, and then it'll eventually. It has kind of been corporatized. You know, Amazon owns Twitch. And it's kind of dictating yep. what people can say. But, man, there are some punk rock. If you watch gamers stream, the things they will say. Like, yeah. if you want to tap into the child's They're psyche. They're authoritarians You know, Twitch sent me an email because I've got an account everywhere because I have to. And they literally said, this is the new things. We're going to deplatform people that happen off Twitch. Yep. I got that, too. I'm Social like, credit score. Dude, exactly. And that's that's where these people will rebel. So we have the ability to go ahead and appeal to people who don't like to be told what to do, which is basic libertarianism. You know, it's not a governing philosophy, but it's a personal philosophy. And you can tell those people, if you want to be left alone to enjoy your life, you should be hanging out with us. Because if you hang out with the woke crew, though, you can't ever get the rules right. What rules? How are you ever going to follow all the rules of wokeness? Because they change every time someone else pops yep. up. And with well, one of the rules is we can ban you at any time for exactly. no reason. Literally, for no reason at any time. Mm-hmm. Well, who wants to play that game? That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. Garbage. Go look for my, my Twitter feed, and I'm not there because I say things that they don't like, and I kick their butts. You know, and, and that's, that's pathetic. So let's appeal to the people who don't like that. And here's the nice thing. The, the woke people are helping us because look at what's happening with blacks and Latinos from the last election. All right. People talk about we got killed in the election. We picked up 12 House seats for the Republicans and more black and Latino votes than ever before. For Trump, of all people. They said he was a racist. Exactly. And now why is that? It's because they watched those riots and everything last year. And those are working class people who have jobs. They lost their jobs because of covid when the when the Democrats locked them down. And the businesses were burnt down by BLM and Antifa. And that made them mad. And they're like, where are the where are the police? Why aren't the police coming to help me? Right? I thought they were the good guys. They're like, no, 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 defund the police. The police are evil. Police hate you hate the police. Like, I don't hate the police. I hate criminals. I hate I, gangs. I gotta pull up this chart. I love pulling this this chart up. Oh yeah. Before the George Floyd riots, Black Lives Matter enjoyed seventeen percent net support in this country. After uh the George Floyd incident, it spiked twenty three percent net support. Mm-hmm. Something then happened. Do you know what happened as, you know, right after this, the spark of the George Floyd story? What happened in this country? What, what, what did people start COVID? doing? No, 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 no. no. What, what, what was the direct response to the death of George Floyd among the left? Bought guns. No, riots. Yeah, okay. They started going around <laughs> yeah. burning cities. Then everyone else bought burning guns. Down the, house. the net support then <laughs> dropped to 7%. Currently today, net support for Black Lives wow. Matter is at 6% a Ooh. year out. You get what it you is, give. It is almost. Wow. It is. It is forty percent. I believe. Let's see. Let's uh, let's go back to the beginning of last year. Was it around? Not. It was eight nine percent. 
So it's down between, you know, 20 to 35% net support. This made when, me feel good, man. That's, that's wonderful news because they're a recruiter for our team. They're a recruiter for the team that likes freedom and liberty, not a bunch of angry racists telling us that the rest of us are racist. Don't project onto me and tell me how to live my life. Beautiful. Let's, let's, uh, I'll make sure to help. Yeah, like don't mess with your enemy while they're making a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. And they're going to do it again. I kind of feel for this Black Lives Matter movement in a way because I feel like Antifa got their tentacles all wrapped up in it and did a lot of violent, just like angry, violent anarchists just kind of used that movement and got involved in a way that wasn't the intention from the beginning of that. Nah, that, that, I was, I was there at some of the first Black Lives Matter protests. It was always the same people. Antifa, for the most part, is just the flag. They use it's it's far leftists of various persuasions who wear all black and go around engaging in violence. And before we called them Antifa, we just called them the Black Bloc. Right. It was a reference to the same leftist protesters, activists, extremists we've always known. And when I was in New York at the Trayvon Martin protest, they were there as well. The same people now fly the Antifa flag. Same people. And then at the Black Lives Matter protest, no matter how well intentioned some of them may be, you've always got the young, angry crowd that wants to break stuff. And so those two groups would meld together and they create like the ball of ugliness and somebody would break a window and then it's gone from there. But the, the bad part is, and I think the good thing for us is that they now have busted their brand. Their brand is violence. Now it's working in intimidating local leaders, but it's not working in gaining public support. It's pushing normals toward us, the working class, normal people. Now, I, I think that's an interesting coalition I, I just outlined. We've got the punk rock radical cool kids now hanging out with the normal working class folks. But we're all the ones who say we know how to live our lives. You don't tell us how to live our lives and we'll take care of business. I love cryptocurrency because it's so punk rock and like Internet <laughs> developers. So punk rock. Like they are building the future. Cool. I'm in. Yeah, no guarantees, but there's a, there's a, there's, it's a big reason why a lot of anarchists bought into Bitcoin very early on. Oh, yeah. Not lefty anarchists because they don't believe in money, I guess. Oh. <laughs> but all the right anarchists got super rich. They yeah, were like, you mean it's money the government doesn't know about? I'll buy it all. Smart. And then they, they went ahead and, and created a new way to do business, which we're allowed to do. And again, to your point of let's create shows and let's do other things and, and new sports and other things that popularize what we're doing from our side and guess what we are going to be much more entertaining and inviting than the other side because yep. you can tell they're angry because we have humor and they're unpleasant exactly. we can tell jokes yes. we mock people and it's fun <laughs> you know but and we I, but it's it's like insulting and disparaging people for the sake of being mean is not fun but playfully ribbing at each other over, you know, stereotypes and other dumb ideas is fun. It's fun. It's funny because we're all part of the same jokes. We're all being made fun of. We're all on, on, on a level playing field with each other. So could we have stand-up comedy back then? Could we literally – because they've killed that for all I mean, intents purposes. Ryan Long, though, he's, amazing. He's, he's nailing it. But what's he doing? He's mocking woke culture. He's, yeah. found, he's found the magic bullet. But he's got he, – he, you know, these videos he makes often do most of the time. But he also has a stand-up routine. He, he has a bunch of other jokes. Uh, I think he recently did uh, a joke about the NSA watching watching <laughs> dudes whack off. Like, it's not making fun of the woke. He's just a funny guy. He's a funny dude. And he, and he makes fun of the woke, and it's funny too. And there, that's the nice thing is when you can mock your enemy, you hurt them more than you ever can with any kind of violence or anger or anything else. Yep. You, you delegitimize them because you don't take them seriously. And they're, they're so good. You know, they mock themselves. You can't, you can't hardly caricature. 
Yeah. He does, and he does it well, but that's just it. They are so absurd, that, and there's so much ammo there that if more people take that up, guess what? You've got now we need a daily show from the right. You know, looking at the Biden you got Crowder. administration. You got crowded. Yeah. yeah, while we every do. morning. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, how about we go to super chats, everybody? If you yeah. haven't already, help out the show by smashing that like button because it really does help. And when you comment and like, you're basically telling YouTube you like the show, so we really appreciate it. But if you want to see some cultural stuff get created, and we're going to do it, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a bonus segment coming up later tonight as well. We have a big library of content at this point of all of these different shows you can't get anywhere else from awesome people. So help out the show. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. We're about to crack 1 million subscribers. So probably in the next week or week or so, we'll be at a million subscribers on this channel. So you guys rock. Thank you so much for all the support and everything uh, and all the likes in the comments. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, leave us a good review. We're going to read y'all super chats and see what you guys have to say. All right, let's see. Meso trashed. Meso trashed. Oh, that's what it says. You should invite your mom to talk about her life. I think it would be good for people to hear her story and for you to have the rest of uh, you to have for the rest of your life. Mm. Uh, maybe it depends on, you know, I'm, I'm not sure people in my family want to be very publicly known, especially yeah. with the craziness of the far left, right? That's fair. Matthew Hammond says, Tim, get Simon Mann, the British former army officer turned mercenary when travel from England opens up. There are a lot of people in England I would love to have on the show. So many in Canada. Not easy to get. Yeah. Raymond Field says, I love the quote, the 2A is made for hunting and not weapons of war argument. It was made so we can have weapons of war to overthrow a tyrannical government. Well, I want to clarify this too, because a lot of people tend to say this, that the Second Amendment is about defending, you know, defending the United States from a tyrannical government. It was for any oppressor, anyone. Mm -hmm. It was about defending the free state. It could be a foreign or domestic enemy. So don't limit yourself. Your gun rights are for everything. <laughs> Those yeah. Canadians might get all hopped up on Molson's and Tim Horton donuts <laughs> and screaming across the border on snowmobiles. You know? yeah, yeah, well. A lot of it was for the Native Americans, too. I mean, definitely, let's, definitely. Let's, not, let's not deny that that was a giant genocide. But let's also not forget that uh, the Canadians may uh, uh, gorge, what's the word one thing? gorge themselves on, on poutine, and by the time they get it, they're too <laughs> maple sluggish. Syrup. Yeah. And maple syrup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're stuck to the border. All right, let's see. Rogue Ryan says, I wish I was getting paid $50,000 to smoke Parmesan and send on the board <laughs> for my last name. I do not understand U.S. lefties. Uh, I hear you, bro. I hear you. On I would stuff, smoke man. Parmesan for 50 grand. I mean, yeah, I'm into it. 100%. That sounds fine. Tastes yeah. good. Yeah. Kickstarter? We doing a Kickstarter? Yeah, let's mm -hmm. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Kickstarter. Release the Craggle says, the Second Amendment is an inalienable right. It's absolute. We are done handing over our rights to appease those who know nothing about them. We want peace, but we are prepared for war. Oof. Powerful that's, statements. That's one of my getting well dangerous. Right there. No <laughs> amendment is absolute. Yep. But it will be if we protect it. Mm -hmm. The Matador says shall not be infringed was not a suggestion. It's a statement. Gun laws is infringing. That's right. Uh, taxation look, is theft. That's right. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> oh, let's get into it. <laughs> I mean, I think people need to, you want to change the constitution. If you want to get rid of those second, if you, if you've got a promise, second amendment, you don't just pass laws that violate our constitutional rights. Go ahead and, and pass an amendment or have a constitutional convention. And then if I don't like the outcome, guess what? That's why I bought my guns. Yep. All right. yeah. I don't have to agree to your new constitution if you change it. So good Foo, luck. Foo Nation says, this is for Ian. I was brave enough to check out crypto because of you. Keep being your interdimensional self. Oh, That's awesome, cool. dude. And yes, we are vibrating. Apparently in the vacuum. You're interdimensional? Yeah, we is, all yes. are. Yeah. Everybody? Am I? 
Yeah, no, it's no, like but a vibrational the, the, the joke. Do I have to get uh, in touch. The, yeah, yeah, the joke was that we had uh, a new a new employee start, and they <laughs> every time they came, Ian was not a, around, and so he was like, "I'm convinced Ian's not real." Oh. And we we're like, "That's right, Ian's just an astral projection. He's not really here." I was I was right talking on. about Ian today. I was like, "Have you seen Ian yet?" And he goes, "Ian." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a suffix. Yeah, Ian. exactly. Yes. I don't know. Blake Larum. Blake Larum says, "I appreciate your insight and diversity of guests." You provide unbiased views and intellectual dialogue that is not available in the mainstream media. Wow, that's a compliment. Thank, Thank you so much. You. Diversity of ideas, not just skin color and chromosomes. Super fun. That's weird. Right. All of it. the above. Weird. War Movie Vet says, hey, Tim, you missed your chance to have a good show when you turned down Gavin McInnes. I strongly recommend you have him on if you truly believe in free speech and ignore MSM lies. I don't recall ever turning down Gavin McInnes from coming on the show. Maybe he was too hopped up on poutine. And- <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> <laughs> he is Canadian, right? Yeah. No, I never turned him down. No, no way. I got to say, I love him, by the He's way. He's hilarious. Man, he is, he is rough around but the he, edges. He, yeah. he pushes it too hard. And he yes. angered a lot of people, but yeah. I, I, something about him, man, I really like that guy. Somebody's <laughs> got to go too far. Yep. And he's always going to figure out where the line is, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, he's, yep. I, I'm with him on probably 90 plus, 95% of the stuff, and then that last 5%, I'm like, dude. Oh, that yeah. Some of that was stuff you, he's, not me. Keith McCracken says, long time, third time, yesterday with prescription drugs like Adderall. I was put on it when I was a preteen and it really messed with my psyche. Mental health starts with diet. Love you all. Thank you for all what, all, thank you for what you do and, uh, all make my drive home better. Hey, thanks, man. All right. That's on point says 2A is the hill to die on. Yeah. Without that, we have no rights. Or it's the hill to live on so you can shoot downhill exactly. at the back. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. I live on a hill. <laughs> all right. Let's see what we got. High Leaf says, hi, Tim. Great show. Had a friend who lives in Hawaii and have a question. Why is Hawaii not used as the gun control push since they have heavy gun control? Plus, my friend also said that you are a sellout. Well, that's good news. I'm not sure about the Hawaii thing, though. <laughs> uh, the Hawaii thing is they, they had a ruling in the Ninth Circuit that Hawaii won't allow carry of any kind. Right. And they ban it. And so it's going to go to the Supreme Court and probably be overturned. And it's going to lead to a, a good idea on where they stand on concealed carry reciprocity and some other major issues. So it was a bad ruling by the ninth, which they're prone to, and a good one because it'll go to Supreme Court and should get its ass kicked. This is interesting. Someone someone mentioned in the chat that YouTube is suppressing likes. I don't know if that's true, but I can say that we've lost 2,000 likes in the past five minutes or so. And I was just like, well, whatever, you know, you lose likes, you gain likes. But I also just checked on the on the, on the YouTube back end, and the, sh- the show has also been hard demonetized. So I wonder uh, <laughs> I wonder what we said they're not happy with. You. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. None of us said anything no, maybe, bad. You know, maybe we just roll up. We load the van with weapons. We roll to Silicon Valley, man. They're asking for no, it. No, yeah. no, no. I'm no. not serious about okay, that. Yeah. And Tim Ter- does yeah. not believe in violence. Terry Presley says, volley fire is not full auto. It's a single trigger pull discharging multiple chambers at once or in rapid succession. Full auto fires cycles and fires multiple times in one or multiple chambers with one trigger pull. Now, yes, perhaps technically, but, uh, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that we had guns that could shoot multiple rounds with one trigger pull. I understand it was a bunch of different, you know, barrels or whatever. You win the technical and you lose on the substance of it. All right. Billy Deerhead says, attach an omnidirectional camera and microphone to a drone, connect it to a VR headset and microphones, a harness to suspend yourself off the floor, and controls in the hands to guide the drone, thus simulating flying in the real world. We are, we are working on the Zeppelin project. Minus the harness, but yeah, that's the first step. So for the longest time, Wikipedia claimed I invented a Zeppelin camera. 
<laughs> because Wikipedia is, this, is just broken and stupid. And they finally removed it because I kept complaining, saying I'd never invented the Zeppelin thing. Once they, now, now that it's removed, I decided, you know, I'm actually going to fund the creation yeah. of this Zeppelin yeah. project. So we're, we're actually going to start building this. That way they'll be forced to put it back. <laughs> it looks like an 18-footer is the way to go to be able to handle the weight that we need for our first run. Yeah, we want to be able to live broadcast from a Zeppelin. So, 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 a human. so people can log online and watch a, a high-def live stream from the from the Zeppelin. So you can do news coverage in the air without, without a helicopter or a person. Like a riot. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. It's not hard to do. Yeah. It's, it's like seriously like probably a couple hours to get done. No joke. We might need to be able we, – we, getting the, the signal, it will be the, the trickier part. But I think we can easily do something with uh, uh, cellular bonding over yeah. 4G or something. 3G. Yeah. 3G. It looks like we're going to start 3G. with. 3G. Yeah, I think 3G is the way to go to start Why? with. That's what Andreas was saying. But is there know. still 3G tech? I don't know. Yeah, you get Arduino. Arduino is that what they're called? And, Arduino. Uh, and then you get a little – I don't know. He was showing me all the pieces and parts uh, last night. Looks like everybody's fighting back and giving us a bunch of likes because – Keep YouTube. liking, guys. But don't like – only like it an odd number of times, or if you click the like button click it twice, it'll unlike. unlike. No, that is yeah. weird. Before we did Super Chats, we had over 10,000 likes. I think it was like 11 or something. And then all of a sudden, I started watching it go down as if people were unliking the video. They were. So I was like, maybe maybe someone said something. We're getting dislikes now. And then so I checked over on the YouTube dashboard, and I'm like, no, there's there's no dislikes. There's like very few. So oh, there are dislikes. They're just coming from Silicon Valley. <laughs> no, I mean like... Yeah, yeah. Come on, 99%, like 99, like 99% thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did we lose wow. 2,000 likes if people just decided to remove the like from the video, I guess? That's weird. My social media credit score infected your like no. capabilities. Hey, it happens. It. <laughs> it happens. All right. Let's see. Where are we at? Uh-oh. Samantha Fitzgerald says, Ian can't say concentration camps are evil. What the hell? Well, like, no. what's the difference? Concentration means that they're killing people. So southern border aren't concentration camps. They're internment camps. Mm-hmm. I'd never – I mean, if you think of a concentration camp as a place where you put innocent people to kill them, then, yeah, that's evil. But there then you got to go. define innocent because in a time of war, enemy civilians can be considered combatants. Bo Jess says, Ian, not everything is subjective. Lots of things are, are, are objectively bad. Stop being still leftist. Well, then give me one. Here we go. Objectively bad? Yeah. Johnny Arson says murder, but not in war. That's not murder. That's not murder. All you got to do is sign on a piece of paper and it's no longer murder. That's still not murder. What? So if someone says it's okay to kill, then it's okay. Ian, do do you think like war is fought because someone's like, you know, I just feel like killing. Sometimes. What's happening in most instances of war is that there is a threat to the status quo or structure. And due to that threat, somebody feels it's within their necessity to go and you know, yeah. kill somebody. Sometimes it's now, genocide. Now, the issue, though, is well, where I'll agree with you is when the military industrial complex lobbies a bunch of crappy corporatist senators and politicians to vote for war so that our young men and women go and die for nothing. But in the general concept of war is not the same thing as murder. And there's just war theory. All right. You could say war being can be good or bad. All right. If you have a just war and that's that's an objective thing, you can say you can say there are some wars that were definitely some wars are conquest. Wars of conquest are wrong and evil, but a war of self-defense, again, written by the victors, right, who get to write the history, but you can base it on what they were doing and who they were doing it to. If, if you fight a war to stop something bad from happening, then you're doing an objective good. How about selling drugs to kids? Like Adderall? No, no, no. Like, like street drugs, like hard narcotics, hard opiates, fentanyl. I mean, Adderall's a hard narco- or a hard opiate. I asked you it? about fentanyl, Ian. 
fentanyl? No, that's you don't think it's evil to give a kid fentanyl. Yeah, I think that would be. Well, is that objectively evil? I think so. It's, think, it's just that you, be, yeah. you've laid me a very vague situation. You asked if there are some things that are objectively evil. As a painkiller, a tiny, tiny, tiny dose. I didn't of say fentanyl. that. No, 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 no. Okay. Selling drugs to kids. Would you That's say it vague. is evil for a dude to grab a seven-year-old by the hair and jam a lethal dose of fentanyl down his throat and hold his mouth shut? Yeah, but what if the seven-year-old had a grenade in his hand and was coming up to you to blow you up? Then did it's I ask you? Then it's self-defense, and it's not did evil. I, did I ask you? Did, you you, if you didn't had a define the situation properly. Ian, you're a constructivist. <laughs> no, I'm you're saying that things are subjective in reality. You are wrong because no one oh, gave killing. you those parameters. Killing is killing is always wrong unless it's right. Is that what you're saying? No, what, you, what you're no, doing killing is... Killing is definitely right sometimes. Sometimes it would be wrong to not kill. You see, Ian, what you don't understand, because you're a constructivist, is that when I lay out the parameters, you've decided to change the parameters. You said to kill a kid. I said a guy grabs a seven-year-old yeah. by the back of the hair and shoves a lethal dose of fentanyl down his throat and holds his mouth shut. Sure. Is that evil? Well, is the, he a soldier in Vietnam? I didn't, I didn't tell you, you that. Didn't, no, you didn't tell me Doesn't that. Doesn't matter. It does matter. Context no. matters. No, Ian. Ian. What you're doing is you're changing the parameters because you can't you accept because you wrong. didn't give me any. So I'm creating them. So if you watched a guy on the street, walk up to a seven year old, pull his hair back and shove fentanyl down his throat, you'd say, maybe it's a good thing. Well, now you've given me some parameters. No, that doesn't sound like a good thing. What, 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 what parameters did I give you? That it was on the street. I pictured New York City. But what the if the kid the was a terrorist, Ian? Well, if it comes why, out why that he was, then, remove then the it comes parameters. out. Maybe he did do a good thing. Oh, okay. Thing. So you just said it was wrong. The pro- see the problem with it constructivism. Seemed like it, but I'm not going to throw the guy. In, I'm the not problem gonna, like, with constructivism judge and the things you do in arguments like this is that you could be asked a simple question and you decide to change the argument Dude, to the, suit your. The niece. reason we have courts is because we don't know if it's right and wrong at first glance. What what first glance? We have to look into things and find out context and see maybe sure. this what looked evil wasn't That's to decide punishment. That's not to decide whether it was right or wrong. Well, sometimes we're deciding they, whether or not we're going to punish someone for you, what they did. It was objectively right or wrong when they did it. And that's the difference is, is you have to be able to say some things are objectively evil at the point they're happening. And I would just say if I was going to kill a seven-year-old terrorist, I wouldn't dose him with fentanyl. The point would, is <laughs> there are very obviously things that are objectively evil that no human would agree with unless they're, unless they're broken in the head. I don't know, man. Destruction is such a way of life for humans that we've kind of accepted it. And, and it just depends on who you ask. You know, you know what I hear when you say these things, Ian? You are, you have, have evil tendencies that you've expressed before that you want to justify. I'm, it might, it might, in my core, I'm a philosopher and I understand that it's, it's too easy to say something is blatantly right, blatantly wrong without taking context into account. But okay, you, you asked, can do that immediately. hold on. You can look at some things and say this is immediately objectively wrong in the context that I see right now. I think there are situations, Ian, yeah, like if you see someone put their hand on a, on a burner and start screaming, I would take their hand off the burner. Ian, I would think that's bad. You asked, are there things that are objectively evil? The answer is yes. When I gave you an example, you changed the argument in order to justify someone being evil. Do you understand? That's constructivism. If a guy walked up, how about that dude in New York who drove up to a guy who was walking with his four-year-old daughter, shot, daughter, shot him and killed him? Is that evil? What happened? A guy was crossing a crosswalk with his four-year-old daughter, and a car pulled up, stopped. The guy pulled up the gun, oh, shot the guy, and sounds, killed him. Yeah, it sounds awful. Objectively evil? I wasn't there, man. It sounds awful. You can't say that it's objectively evil to randomly gun down a man with his four-year-old daughter just crossing the street, minding his own business. Do you see well, the problem well, evil, with that? You gotta, evil's you, vague Ian, as hell, dude. You, you are the banality it. of evil. You define the banality of evil. No. 
I mean, you define. How it. can I even defend that that bland, vague statement? What does that even mean? The banality. Why of are evil? you looking for context that would justify it, as opposed to saying absent context that doesn't justify it? It is evil. Because I've seen people do horrible things in the name of good. The banality of evil was when the Nazis didn't care what they were doing because there must have been some justification for the orders they were given. That's your mentality, not mine. When I see a guy pull up in a car and gun down a man with his daughter, and this happened in New York, I say, that is evil. Now, after the fact, we can investigate and try and figure things out. But based on what we witnessed and what we saw, it was an act of evil. Even if this dad had wronged this guy in some way, even if he was an angry, violent person or a gang member, pulling up in a car and then gunning a guy down in cold blood and broad daylight with his four-year-old daughter is evil. Pure evil. And I can say that. And let's just add the context that the person was not doing anything that justified them being killed. They were not in a situation where killing them was an act of self-defense or anything else. It was just a purely evil thing to do. Right. I think it, you can... Then you, then you could say... then. Your arguments move. But the, it's, it no if longer becomes objective if you start to define all the parameters. Now you're creating a subjective situation. No, no, no. What you're doing is you're trying to justify evil by changing parameters that were never no, given I'm to you. No, I'm saying that killing a child is not objectively evil. If the kid's going to kill you, then you and you kill him in self-defense, it's not evil. But the, you're, you're but adding you're you parameters. Tim's asking, can you create one situation that is objectively evil? I, I think about evil, this a lot. Can. I think about objectivity and subjectivity a lot. We've had this argument in private sometimes. It's I love this argument, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's very dangerous to, to, to lie and die on a hill where you believe something always is this way. That's not what we said. You asked for one situation that, in which something no, could be objectively evil. I didn't. Evil. I said that I don't <clears throat> think there are situations like that. So there's one example, a guy pulling up to a man walking down the street with his four-year-old daughter and shooting him and killing him for no reason. And it happened. It happened in New York last year. That's random evil. act of violence. We I don't know why. The guy hard. just decided to kill a man in front of his child. And the little girl had to run with, with her dad dying in the street. She had to run panicking. Sorry, man. Some things are evil. You see, the problem is, you know, I, 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 I was just watching Star Trek. It's fantastic. The episode that was just on was about the, 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 uh, an admiral was, was secretly Placed aboard, brought to the Enterprise because there was a 12 year old ship called the Pegasus that was engaging in a, a, a technology, experimental technology that could have reignited intergalactic war. And Riker, second in command, was, was, it was explained, was chosen because he defied the orders of one of his commanding officers. And when Picard saw that he was willing to stand up for what he believed is right, even though he was being ordered to do something, that was the kind of officer he wanted on his ship. Why? It was a reason why I like the next generation. They recognize that someone could say, I want you to do X. And in your mentality, which has been used to justify genocide for generations, for eons, for millennia, the person says, I just trust that there's some justification for why I'm going to commit an atrocity. Whereas a strong-willed person who believes that some things are inherently wrong will look, the, look, look their commanding officer in the eyes and say, I will not do that. But there are a lot of people, a lot of cops especially, they'll be told, go shoot that kid. And they'll be like, yes, sir. Not everybody's that crazy, though. And there are a lot of people who are going to say, I ain't doing that. Are you nuts? But some people just say, there must be some justification for this, I suppose. It's not objectively wrong to go kill that kid. That's crazy to me. Even if the kid, you know, and this is one of the biggest challenges, the ethical conundrums that we have when it comes to war, because the terrorists have been putting bombs on children and placing them in roads. 
Like you've, I'm sure you've heard these stories. Yeah. I have friends that were overseas in Iraq, and they said one of the scariest things is when you're driving in a vehicle and you're ordered, don't stop for this kid who's standing in the middle of the road. You know why? They put bombs on him. What do you do? Man, some of these situations are just nightmares that you have to fight through. Some of our nightmares. But then there are some circumstances where someone would panic and say, just kill him anyway. And the person would say, I'm just going to drive around him. No, I'm not doing that. You got to make a decision. It's not always that easy. Sometimes things are just, are just objectively wrong and you have to say, I won't do that. And I won't assume there's some justification for an atrocity. If someone told me to do something, uh, you better justify that to me because otherwise I'm not going to do They don't do, do that in the military. They don't have to. They're not supposed to. Oh, they you do. Co- no, because you, you're, you're required to disobey an unlawful order. And an, an order to commit an atrocity is unlawful run, by, by its definition. Running a kid over that is assumed to have a bomb on him is an, an atrocity. It, it is atrocious. It's not a war crime. Now, you, and but here's the thing: when you make that decision, you're bound by. Did the kid have a bomb on him? You know, you have to believe truly in your heart that they did, and that that's the only way you could deal with that situation. And if you do that, it was an atrocious act, but it was not an atrocity because you didn't do it out of an, an, a desire to commit evil. You did it out of a desire to save lives, the lives of your men, your you know the people, your troops. When when it comes so, to the historical genocides. Just doing my job or just following orders was was the justification for for so many people who committed crimes. And that's why people in the military, like you said, it's a requirement to disobey unlawful orders. There are people who go to prison for committing crimes while they're in war. Some things are just objectively wrong, and we take that into account. I know a lot of soldiers who are angry about it. They're like, it's crazy the amount of rules we have to follow that they don't. Yeah, maybe it's because we're the good guys. Isn't that funny? Maybe it's because the bad guys will blow up a kid if it means they can gain a piece of land, and we won't do that. We only do it when we're absolutely desperate, have no choice, and it's, and it's nightmarish, and then you risk going to prison. So we've got all these moral constraints on us. Long story short, the societies that say, I will lead people to a gas chamber, there must be some justification for it. If you didn't, if you were told to do something and you said there's no justification for this, you wouldn't do it. You would say, that's inherently evil, I won't do that. Too many people, too many would just blindly follow and commit atrocities. That's why I don't like this idea, man, that everything is subjective. Yes, sometimes you can find a reason why a certain circumstance. And I'll tell you the perfect, the perfect, like the, the point of that entire argument. I gave you an example of when killing a kid was not objectively evil. The point is there are instances where it is objectively evil and there are instances where it isn't. But it is objectively evil when a serial killer kidnaps a kid and then murders them, lights their body on fire for no reason other than they just wanted to watch the kid burn. Sorry, that's evil. But like when you say there are situations when killing a kid is objectively evil and there are situations when it's objectively not, that, that is illogical. No, it isn't. If it's objective, then it's killing a kid is X. That's the object. You're saying that, you can't have specific instances that are objectively evil or not. You have to have just generalities. Well, that's when they become no. subjective. The specifics no, make it no, subjective. No, you're, you're, no, no, I don't no. think you can have a, a single it. instance of objectivity. It's not. It doesn't have to be an entire class of actions are either are or aren't. And and just because there are different contexts in a specific instance doesn't mean it's subjective. You're still taking an, an objective view at that one particular instance. Johnny Cash shot a man in Rito just to watch <clears> him die. That was evil. All right. Johnny Cash did? Johnny Cash did that. that he, that's wow. what he told me. Yeah. Crazy. We got to read more Super Chats because we got to this <laughs> great argument. Caden Peterson says, hey, Tim, been watching for years. After observing the political sphere for that time, I've written a sci-fi novel with the themes of modern day. It is 2084 to 2069 on Amazon. Keep up the good work. Will do. Thank you. 
All right. The Raptors Talon says, first time Super Chat. Hope this works. I've always viewed justice as a balance between the absolute power of law and the personal vengeance of the victim. Based on this policy, I don't think that any trial against the establishment will work. Interesting. Student of History says, the one one ring equals power. Power corrupts. Uh, Okay. Uh, Death camps were state certified. AOC, go explain that to the Jews in NYC. Joe Biden has no idea what he's talking about from history. Founding fathers would drool at an A-R-A-K. Also, if JBP equals Red Skull, well, GD me. Well, Hail Hydra. It's hard because awesome people right people there. try to cram oh, yeah. so much in Super Chats. When you guys start doing acronyms and stuff, I can't decipher what you know, you're trying to mean when you do acronyms and things <laughs> like that. JPB, Jordan B. Peterson. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about them. Uh, maybe, maybe in the uh, yeah, members great. only. Su- uh, Super Guy says, good news on the two-way front. Arizona just passed a bill to defy federal firearms regulations. Governor Abbott will sign similar legislation in Texas. And my own state of Oklahoma has a two-way sanctuary bill that made it to the House. Wow. Nice. Rosie Riveter says, ex-Antifa here, also former OWM. I realized that, I realized the real agenda of Antifa I left as soon as I, as soon as, I left as soon as I left. The death threats came in. I'm thankful every day. I woke up. Keep spreading the truth. You guys are amazing. Appreciate wow. it. That's awesome. Yeah. Occupy Wall Street. I see how that sentiment lingered from Occupy Wall Street into Antifa. I, f- I feel that. Thomas Cutler says, Tim, will you have Joe Rogan on your show? Yes, well, <laughs> Joe, Joe can come to my house whenever he would like and come on at any time. And I'm sure the man is just much too busy. It, Eating it, elk? Uh, he definitely eats elk, but I mean, the dude is running a massive empire. I love that. Guy. Like even even smaller YouTubers, it's hard to get him out of here because they do their own show. That's true. But uh, I of course would invite Joe Rogan on the show. It's just he's a busy guy. Standing he's more than invite. welcome to come and hang out whenever he wants. We'll get him to drop in on the six foot. <laughs> M Sheba says, "Give this to Ian. He is putting in the work with the witty banter tonight." Oh, hey, there you go, Sheba. Nova Zero says, "Nick Recchietta's take on Rittenhouse is awesome." The statute would have made it illegal for Kyle to have held a gun. That doesn't apply to long arms. Kyle carried a long arm. Kyle did nothing wrong. Love the, love the pod whale cast. Oh. Hey, thank you. C. Hammond says, evil. Sentient intelligence expending purposeful effort in order to artificially manufacture unnecessary suffering onto another sentient intelligence for the sole purpose of its own pleasure. That was outstanding. Yeah. Nicely played. Concise, yeah. yeah. Some things are just evil, man. Melty Samich says, it's odd how the state follows the 13th Amendment to the letter, but the Second Amendment is contorted to what the elites want it to be. The man, the myth, the legend, rapper Killer Mike would be a great guest. He would be. Yeah, he's rad. Yeah. Look him up. No, it's funny. Like, the 13th Amendment allows the state to keep slaves so long as they've been convicted of a crime. Well, that one, whoa, there's no argument there. There should be. Second Amendment, though, we got all these all these arguments, man. (laughs) Does that mean I can quarter my friends who are still in the military in any house I want now? Because <laughs> Violate the third. Absolute, yeah, right? absolutely. The third amendment. I'm just thinking. <laughs> right, out, right out supply says, heard you talking about getting some BMX riders to the skate park last night. Sent you a DM on Instagram about some of your spo- some of our sponsored riders. Let's link up. Uh, I have like 50 billion messages on Instagram. I can't yeah. go through them. So uh, I don't know the best way to email the contact because we just have so many emails. But um Okay. You yeah. can send it to spin the UFO. And then try to take down the, yeah. the info, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, also, some uh, uh, obviously pro skateboarders are welcome. The ones I've asked are just kind of scared because it's such a big sport. There's a lot of risk when you have big mainstream sponsors. 
But uh, I'll, we'll take skiers. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do on a half pipe, but uh, uh. Roll, <laughs> aggressive inline, uh, BMX, skateboarding. Uh, if you got a pogo stick, I mentioned this the other day. Yeah. If you got a pogo stick and you're real good and you want to you want to we'll thrash grow. on a half pipe somehow with the pogo stick, I don't know how you do it, but I bet you could. We'd film that too. That'd be fun. Oh man, Damien GGJ says Ian must be laying off the drugs. Recently, he's been saying some decent stuff. Awesome, dude. God bless to your team. <laughs> Thanks, Damien. I'm taking this very seriously. That's right. <laughs> he's high on oxygen. That's right. That is true. He's high on life. Have you guys yeah, ever yeah. got high on oxygen before? You just <laughs> yeah. breathe really it's hard for a long fire. period of time. It's Wim Hof. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. You're getting high on oxygen. Hapasan oh, says re-legalize dueling. So whenever someone is offended, they can defend their honor, and the offender can stand <laughs> his or her ground and fight back. If yeah. needed. Just kidding. Thanks, Tim and crew. Ordered Why? my tinfoil hat oh. gorilla shirt two days ago. Looking forward to <laughs> Ooh, it. Oh, snap. Love yes, it. my friends. If you go to TimCast.com, click that shop button. We got tinfoil hat gorilla shirts for a limited time only. It is very similar to the regular I'm a gorilla, but he's wearing a tinfoil hat. Oh, yeah. Do you know about the I'm a gorilla thing? No, I was going to ask. Because Alex Jones was here and he kept saying, oh, I am a gorilla. Yeah. Is referencing Ishmael. Okay. And then, uh, you know, you know what Ishmael is? This book where like a psychic gorilla tells humans they're, they're a oh, virus destroying the okay. planet. No. A little weird. So Alex making that, he just kept randomly saying, <laughs> I am a gorilla. And so we made a shirt that says I'm a gorilla instead of gorilla on it. It's actually the, the Diamond Hands gorilla is right there in that shirt. You can, you can oh, see it. Yeah. I think it's a misprinted version. We keep it here. That's, okay. That's all right. Yeah, but this it's is a the, little too dark. It's the Wall Street version. Oh, this is the one where they made it darker to, to make it no, no, racist? Oh, yeah, no, they no, they did that. Too, that was an accident. <laughs> that was exciting. <laughs> but this one is the Diamond Hands Gorilla where he got rich off GameStop stocks. Oh, nice. So he's yeah. got cash in his hands and he's smiling and I smoking a, a cigar. On that. Oh, nice. really? It's still, nice. it's still doing well, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. We got, we got a bunch of Super Chats. <laughs> and... Uh, Oh man! Wow, a ton just came in. Whoa! The whole the whole evil argument triggered a whole yeah. bunch of super. <laughs> I thought, Jim, you made a good point where you said that there can be parameters that lead to situations that could be considered objective. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting concept. It's not. It doesn't have to be 100 percent broad <clears throat> on a topic. You can limit it. Yeah, and you can have exceptions as well. Aya Bat says Ian's unwillingness to label evil as evil itself is evil, <laughs> and then they called Ian an idiot. But I, I won't read the rest of that. No. You can't use the word to define the word. No. They weren't. It's, it's evil to use the word to define the word, isn't it? It's very circuitous. <laughs> I will say that. You can't. And there was no use. harm done. Yes. True. You know? True. That was out of love. We, uh, maybe stole a little oxygen. I mean. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got high because there was less oxygen in the room. So, so thanks, man. Yeah. A couple people have mentioned they became members but are having trouble logging in. Just oh. email members at timcast.com and we'll fix this. And we have the engineer solving the problem, uh, which should be soon, never to happen again. It just, team. it just, these things happen. And also someone's, uh, ghost crusaders wants to know the email for jobs. It's jobs at timcast.com. Mm-hmm. We are absolutely hiring. The issue is we are a small company and we're hiring fat. We, we have the ability to hire faster than we should. And so there's a lot of considerations when a company grows really, really quickly, like human, uh, uh, like, uh, um, human resources be challenged to, you know, deal with, 50 new employees all at once so we have no choice but to have these like staggered growth but we're looking for like a news editor paranormal editor because we're doing that paranormal podcast and uh yeah i'd like to find a php developer that would like to work maybe on a month by month basis that, that for the open source project yeah 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 find me on twitter we find a journalist and have them learn to code oh yeah, yeah there you go Just, yeah perfect yeah, learn oh, to code and hit me up <laughs> 
All right. Trying to try. It's it's there's chats. too many super chats, and it's so YouTube's loading really slow. Suffering from success over here. Jeez. Super yep. duper. Brown Bear says, Tim, please stop calling the M1 an iron sights rifle. You can put a scope on it. Iron sights is not a classification oh. of firearms. I'm just saying that, like, stock, it doesn't have a Picatinny rail. That's probably a better way to put it. So what I'm, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that if you have an M1A that has nothing but iron sights, it's still an assault weapon. If it has a 10-round magazine, it's still an assault weapon. It is wooden stock, long gun, doesn't matter what it has or what it doesn't have. I'm just drawing that distinction, and I appreciate the correction on, on the, the full specs for the M1A. The point I'm just making is the SCAR 20S is a modern AR-15 that is totally fine. So by their logic, this makes no sense. They want to ban the AR-15, but they ban the M1, M1A? That's, that's ridiculous. They got that backwards. It's supposed to be scary black guns. Exactly. And, and that's, nice. that's, that's it. Right. right. Morons. <laughs> yeah, like a pistol grip on yes. a Ruger 1022. You got to get rid of that. Oh, yeah, but the scary. rifle grip is fine. Oh, my gosh. Brilliant. Chainsaw bayonet, though. We're going back to those. Chainsaw bayonet. Yeah, that was you say today, right? <laughs> Mike Sullivan says, Tim, got to say I love your show. Really honest, real talk about real life issues. 25-year uh, EMS firearms instructor oh, cool. sent you an email. Love to come on the show and talk two-way issues. Also, love to teach you and your folks some tech medical skills before you go on the road. That would be great, man. Cool. Keegan Mooney says, first time chat. Please make don't fight an alligator underwater t-shirts. <laughs> Maybe make the alligator look woke AF. That's yes. a really good Blue idea, actually. Alligator. Can you write that yeah. down? I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'd We're going to do that. I'd wear that. That's a good, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll quote it to Ian. That was, yeah. a, that was a good Ian quote. It's a nice one. Don't fight an alligator underwater. Heck yeah. <laughs> They'll roll you around. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because it seems obvious. All right. We'll take a, uh, we'll take a couple more, uh, super chats. There's a, there's a, wow. A lot of Super Chats came in talking about evil and yeah, things like that. It is a fun debate. It is a deep-rooted debate. Good. Someone, someone, someone made a statement, but I'm going to ask this question for the Super Chat. Ian, if you had a time machine, would you kill baby Hitler? No. You I thought a lot about that, too. Yeah, there's something <laughs> much worse may have come about. Oh, he was a product point. of his times in many ways. What if you just like hobbled him? Might have been even worse. <laughs> he was already kind of hobbled. The, the idea like, that pop, pop doing something be, or not doing something because something worse might happen is mm. a gutless move. Mm. There are times when, I mean, it's the trolley paradox. All right. If you, I'm not going to do the trolley paradox. What if I do it? It derails and 100,000 people get killed. You know, you make the decision based on the context of the situation you're in. And if you have the opportunity to go and stop evil, you should stop that evil regardless of whether the potential that it could be worse exists. Maybe, though, Mussolini would have conquered more of Africa and Europe, and then the Japanese would have taken Russia, and there wouldn't have been a reason for the United States to get involved with Britain, and then it would be a Japanese... Or maybe the Bavarians would have just drunk more beer without Hitler riling them all I up, guess and been happy just being fat and eating knockwork. The argument is, I like <laughs> I like the way it turned out, as vicious as it was. I'm, I like the way that the Allies won the war, and I don't want to mess with that. No, I don't know, man. There's, uh, I, I saw, I saw a stat where they said there's two million less Jews alive today than there were Oof. in 1939. So maybe if you could stop all that, you'd try. You know what I mean? But here's the important question. Here's the important point, Ian. You know, look, you'd lo- you loved adding parameters to the arguments, except when it comes to stopping Hitler. What's up with that? I just added a bunch of parameters. I could add a parameter. Okay. You can time travel. Yeah. So you go back and kill baby Hitler and then see what happened. And if it made it worse, then you try something else and kill him. Oh, and then you could go back again and not kill him? Oh, of course. I'd go back and – I don't want to go any further. (laughs) 
I'd try all sorts of crazy stuff if I had an infinite time machine. I'd buy Apple stock. Is what yeah, I would, yeah. I would I buy Apple Bitcoin. stock. Yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. I'd go back to 2011 and I'd walk into the hackerspace oh where my, gosh. Well, my buddy advised me not to buy thousands of Bitcoin. Dude, uh, Ethereum was 89 cents in 2012. Punch in the face. Yeah. No, I'd oh. punch myself in the face. Well, <laughs> Why didn't you buy it? <laughs> All right, everybody. Smash that like button. Thanks so much. Everybody did smash the like button. It was weird. We, yeah. we, we were at like 10K likes and then 2,000 just disappeared. Creepy. In the blink of an eye, yeah. But then, but then, snapped his fingers. The, the 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 awesome viewers just uh, just fixed it, so that's yeah. great. Oh, so uh, look, smash the like button, subscribe because we're about to break one million subscribers, and then I'm gonna hit up Google and be like, "Where's our gold? Where's our gold award? You gotta give it to us yeah. now because we're big and famous, ah. right?" Yes. And uh, go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have an exclusive members-only segment coming up in about an hour from now. So thanks so much for all of you hanging out. Leave us a good review on iTunes, Spotify, if you haven't already. Or check it out there if you'd like. You can follow me on all social media platforms at TimCast. And my other YouTube channels are YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. This show is live Monday to Friday at 8 p.m. So we'll be back tomorrow night. Did you want to mention uh, your books? Maybe hold them up and show people, Jim? Heck yeah. Buy my books. Yes. Because I will use the money to go back in time and kill baby Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. He's an honest man. And I'll totally buy will. Apple stocks so I have more money when I come and back. And Bitcoin, yeah. Do and it. Bitcoin. Winning the Second Civil War without firing a shot and the myth of white fragility. They both kick ass. <laughs> right on. You have social media you want to mention as well? Jim Hansen, D.C., but when you go there, I'm grayed out because Twitter is evil and mm. Jack Dorsey is some kind of cleric in in a bad game of Dungeons & Dragons. I did see your your picture <laughs> when I went to your page. It yeah, looked you like gotta it was... you got to fight through the filters yeah, to get annoying. there. Not that I ever violated the rules, but because Twitter is a gutless company that believes in social media credit scores and I kick their butt in arguments too much. Mm-hmm. Jim, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you it's exist. It's a blast. It's yeah. really cool meeting you, man. Dude, I'm glad you exist because we need to question things. Yeah. And you're a questioner. Yes. That you're is true. I'm, I'm on a quest. <laughs> <laughs> that is the basis of my life is the quest, quest itself. Uh, thanks, guys. I'm Ian Crossland. You get me at iancrossland.net and uh, connect with me on social media there. And if you are interested in this open source project that we're working on, message me on Twitter. Oh. And um, I'll see if I can set you up with our chat room from there. Very cool. And I'm Sarah Patchlitz. I push buttons in the corner for a living. It's a great job. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love our guests, especially Jim. That is a very cool looking book that I need to read as soon as you, uh, as soon as I have time. Um, I'm Sarah Patchlitz on Twitter and Minds and Real Sarah Patchlitz on Gab and Instagram. Also, it's a great shirt. We're wearing the Watchmen yes. shirt. Uh, yeah, super cool. Love it. All right, everybody. We will be back in the exclusive members only segment at TimCast.com. So become a member and we will see you all there. Bye, guys.